Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that just had a multi-year, multi-million dollar sponsorship deal rescinded by CarMax. Thanks, Matt. Here are two guys that are trying to bring double-breasted denim shirts back in style, Matt and Doug. I wasn't sure where that, where that was going to go. <laughs> okay. Did you understand the joke? Oh, yeah, because of how much I hate CarMax, because CarMax right. is evil. It is. Yes. It, it's a terrible, terrible yes. thing. I had, the, I had the contract all lined up with Johnson & Johnson, and then they listened to last week's episode. I think Johnson & Johnson is actually what CarMax, and they would have rescinded it also because you said how much you hated CarMax, or uh, ChapStick. Did I say ch- – no, I don't mind ChapStick. No, I said I hated ChapStick, and you said, yeah, I don't like it either. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't say I hate it. So, But how are you doing, Doug? I'm good. I'm good. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. That's right. So once you start working again, are we going to get back on a a regular, consistent schedule? Oh, probably not. Okay, great. Okay, let's go ahead and jump in. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. See, you your children are gone and we've had this discussion. No, I still you have, have one child here. Yes, but you do nothing with him. He has his own life. Right. I am still my fingers are still in the the soup of kids stew of mixing this and mixing that and taking them there and taking them there and doing this thing and that thing. So, it's hard, man. It's hard to to button down, especially now this time of year. Man, they're they're involved in all kinds of shit right now. So, um okay. So, I had brought up about how our pastor had brought up 40 different words and you attach a picture to each word. And the word that she used as an example was remember. And this is exact. This is what I saw. Remember. So yesterday I was sitting and having lunch with my missus at the table and I told her that and I thought it would be funny to her. Well, all I did, all I got was like a pat on the head, like I was a good little boy. <laughs> like she was done. You can you can quit what you're working on. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Let's go back and forth here. Johnny Be Good came out in 1988. Yep. The Wyoiga train derailment was 1996. Burned for two weeks. 2,300 people were evacuated for 18 days. They did allow people to go back with the National Guard to get their pets, and 230 pets were rescued. Yeah, and I actually, that came up a little bit, and I I was a little disappointed in you, Doug, with with your reaction to that whole thing. Why? Why were you disappointed in that? When I said, you know, I didn't care what happened, I was going back to get my dog, and you're just like, "Ah, I don't know. And (laughs) it, it just made me think of this. You get your ass out there, and you find that fucking dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and actually, I had multiple people comment to me, oh, yeah, I'm going back for the dog. <laughs> yeah, but if, you, if you've got a family that, and it's it's like, okay. Your dog is part of your family. I realize that, but my family's worse for the wear without me. So. Well, see, my family's not. So no. I, I have that going for me. <laughs> You're not the great provider that I am. No, I am. I'm, uh, well, was, I, that's another Eddie Murphy bit where he's talking about when a uh, woman married, uh, Johnny Carson, mm-hmm. and just she just adds her little bit to the pile of money. Yes. This is whole thing about the woman with the bone in her nose. But anyway, uh, going back several weeks, I did go back and check the height of the prison from Bad Boys. Yeah. 
It's only four floors. Only four floors. I thought you it was. I, I thought it was like I, ten or twelve. I think I said six, and you're like, "Oh no, it's way taller than that." Yeah. 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 Uh, friend of show Sean knew that I was going to play the Revenge of the Nerds UN Jefferson clip. Okay. He called that one. Okay. Uh, Edith Ann was on Sesame Street, not the oh, Electric Company. Not the Electric Company, and the Electric Company is best known for bread, Ed, bread. Ed, bread, Ed, bread. No, I was thinking is uh, Electro Woman and Dina Girl. What's that? It was a superhero little short they had sometimes on the Electric Company. Oh, all right. Uh, what was what was the the movie that you were thinking of? Rosencrantz and Hillenberger. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. <laughs> okay, all right. And I said Masters and Johnson. They were they were people that like explored sex they were scientists that got into hey what causes this what causes that and that was a show on showtime yeah it was called masters of sex yes but it was masters and johnson masters what did i say Mans- Man- you yeah. said Masters. well i i was burping mid masters <laughs> no no it's a real abracadabra zoom 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 situation <laughs> yes it was okay Talking about uh, the record in Some Kind of Wonderful, where uh, Zuzu Petals was trying to find a record of mm-hmm. the guy that killed himself because of a girl. Yeah. Could not find it. Still couldn't find it. Nope. Looked it up. Could not find it. All right. All right. Um, the Family Guy, Will Wheaton clip that I had played for my sister that she – I'm convinced she's never watched an episode of Family Guy in her life. All right. Let's try this again. I did it! The cast of Star Trek The Next Generation is here to answer my questions! What the hell? Where am I? What's going on? Greetings, everyone. My name is Stewie Griffin. I've transported you all here against your will. I'm a huge fan, and you're going to answer all my questions. But you're a baby. Yes, that's right, Denise Crosby. (laughs) That was a warning. Please do not speak unless you're spoken to. Now, question number one. What's it like on the set? The show's been off the air for 15 years. Although I will say it was an awful lot of fun. You know, when Patrick wasn't hogging the limelight. Oh, you, Michael. 15 years later, you still got that attitude. Oh, my God. I am already having a fantastic time. Ooh, hey, let's spend the day together. Hey, that sounds like fun. Ow! Shut up, Will. Stop it, Patrick. You know, I think you should all be nicer to Will Wheaton. The way I treat my colleagues... Wait, what? I said you ought to be nicer to Will Wheaton. You mean Will Wheaton? Yes, Will Wheaton. Why are you saying it like that? Well, I'm just saying you should be nicer to Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton seems like a nice guy. Say wheat. Wheat. Now, say Will Wheaton. 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 Hey, did you hook up with Whoopi Goldberg on the show? All the time. You're saying it weird. I think Denise Crosby was played by Carrie Fisher. Okay. That sure sounded like her. Now... Denise Crosby was on the show. She left midway through the first season. Was it midway through the first season? Yeah, it wasn't. It was in the midway through the first season. It was on an episode called Skin of Evil. And right. it was right around that time that she appeared in Playboy. And why did she leave? Uh, she just didn't feel that her character was fleshed out enough. Oh, so she decided to get it fleshed out on no, Playboy? No, I, I think they were already, the pictures had already been taken. It was just kind of the timing of it. Because oh. they probably realized, oh, she's going to be out of the public eye now. 
And she actually ended up returning to Star Trek several times, playing both um, Ens- not Ensign, uh, Tasha Yar, and then also playing some Romulan descendants of Tasha Yar. Yeah, wasn't Shooter McGavin in that episode? Yeah, that was uh, Yesterday's Enterprise, okay. which is a great one, which I've watched several, several times. All right. Yeah, and when she was in Playboy, probably the, the bruises from the bags of oranges that her dad beat her with were already gone. <laughs> yeah, she she did, wasn't exactly in Demi Moore territory, but she was kind of approaching it. But that was the style at the time. Oh, all right. It was more of like like the the long Hitler stash. Oh no, it was it was the full it was the full triangle. Was it? Oh yeah. All right. Okay. I mean, you got to figure this was nineteen probably eighty nine ish. Yeah, still big bushland. But big bushland. Yep. Okay, uh, skateboarder, the skateboarder in some kind of wonderful other roles he had. He was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Space Camp in Mulholland Drive. Mm. All right. Um, it is Elsa in The Last Crusade. Okay. I th- I think Sean Connery says Ilsa, but Indy says Elsa. Okay. You were actually about um, the student excuses and it's one of a couple times during the podcast last week where you disagreed with me and you just completely said, no, you're wrong <laughs> and kind of blew off what my statement was. But I didn't pull the second one, but I did pull this one. Hey, man, they jumped me. And then the teacher finds a pack of Marbreds. And what does he say? Uh, those aren't mine. See, wait a minute, okay? They jumped me. Why don't you nail them? I didn't do anything. So that part's right. Those aren't mine. Yeah, and then he finds a little bottle of Jack Daniels, and he goes, what does he say? Oh, that's just for appearances? <laughs> no, he goes, that that either. Oh, man. That's just for show. I don't... And then he finds a, pa- a pack of dirty playing cards, and where does he say he... Well, that, it, you get the point. It's like, yes. you, you dismiss me. <laughs> I dismissed you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because I was right. No, you were not. <laughs> <laughs> the cop show that where the guy gets his cock... Caught by a rat trap in a glory hole. Cop was, rock? No, the shield. Oh. And uh, this, this clip is, hold up, this clip is Frankenstein a little bit. Okay. Relax, I'm gonna try to- No! 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 Oh, God! No. Oh, please! Oh. Please hurry up! You're caught in a rat trap! Oh, Call the paramedics. You say this happened at a glory hole? Yeah, it's pretty sick, huh? Yeah, guys, look, your slime wasn't cut off. Well, I figured the purple only let it snap halfway. Otherwise, it would have. No question. Was that Dutch that that happened to? No. No, it's just some random guy. Because doesn't Dutch, like, kill a cat or something? I have no idea. It's a great show. Anyway. Yeah, I know. I've only watched the first season. Oh, it's great. But, um... Another thing you were wrong about last week, um, I, I was not an asshole in high school. Um, <laughs> cost of- You were, you were a troublemaker in, a, in high school. That I can give you. <laughs> yes. Uh, Most troublemakers were assholes. Uh, can you get, hazard a guess of the cost of super unleaded in 1987? Mm, bucko three. Ooh, very close. Bucko five. Bucko oh. 559 was All the right. average. Okay. The teacher that I had thought was in Greece, 231 different roles she's had, including sneakers. Okay. Which you had That's said. Right. Also, Psycho yes. 2, Psycho 3, Cobra, and Some of All Fears. And along the same lines, the main woman in sneakers. Did you look up who that was? 
she was she was Kevin Costner's love interest in um, Gone with the Wind. I mean, Dances with Wolves. <laughs> Mary McDonald. There you go. I knew it was Mary something or another. Yeah, you're going, mm, mm. Yes. What was the Chuck Norris movie that had a supernatural? Uh, Silent Rage. Silent Rage. I was thinking it was Firewalker. No, that's the one with Gossett. Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? No, that's more of an indie thing. <laughs> it is. It's horrible. It's that's all I've got. I'm uh, I'm done. Okay, punishment for pulling a fire alarm in California. It is a misdemeanor, punishable by up to a year in jail and a thousand dollar fine. I could not find anything that was a definition of punch her skirt or guat. Punch her apron. Punch her apron. Okay. Either All way, right. couldn't find it. Shane's car, you were correct. It was a Suzuki, Suzuki Samurai. All right. Welcome to the Zillow portion of this podcast, which seems to be coming up. The value of the house today that he lived in. Any guess? Today? Yes. That Keith lived in? Yes. Eight ninety nine. Oh. <clears throat> Actually, that's the wrong one, but that's okay. It's eight eight twenty six. Oh. Uh, last sold in 1992 for $208,000. When Zuzu Pedals was biking back to the house, I said that I should have pulled this. I think you jumped on your bike, pedaled home, and whacked <laughs> <laughs> It's booger. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh, here's the other thing you mocked me about, <laughs> was uh, the fact that the the tattoo that... What do I want to call her? Rails. What was her name? Watts. Watts. Was a fake? Inf- of course it was fake. <laughs> Mocking me. Uh, you cannot expect me to know when to trigger a blind clip unless you tell me that ahead of time. Uh, I thought I, I thought I was walking you into it. Like, well, you know, I, my, the, I saw it later. my the, the tonality in my voice changed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this. The most honest moment in a man's life are the few minutes after he's blown his load. Now, that is a medical fact. And the reason for it is that you're no longer trying to get laid. You're actually, you're thinking like a girl. And girls love that. Holy shit. I've been going out with a loaded gun. <sighs> People get hurt that way. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you had said that you could not believe that you did not catch when... Keith said this about Amanda. See, I figured your ass was too precious for vinyl. You're right. Hmm. How about that? And then I'll skip a bunch of this stuff, but the last thing was, actually two things. I I was trying to remember or think of what the stuff that's called that you put in walls when you're pouring cement. So I Googled concrete wire mesh, and that's what it's called is concrete wire mesh. But I said right. at the very end of the credits last week, there was a piece of the music from the Irish band that was playing I, I Can't Help Falling in Love With You that was the same kind of exact song as was played in the dance scene in Titanic. When she gets up on her toes? Yes. So that's the first one. Mm-hmm.
faster. Mm-hmm. Okay. So moving on to. Wow, I I, I had no uh, witch jiggers. Nope. And neither did I. Isn't this about the time when you say, well, I don't remember saying anything last week. (laughs) I don't. I really don't remember saying anything last week. Okay, the first one is me. Go, Flash, go! Go, Flash, go! I'm sure that's come up before. Uh Uh-huh. Next one is you. You know, if you... If I... Something about You know, if you go to college... (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) If I had gone to college, I wouldn't be selling tires for a living. Six days a week. Sure. Six days a week. If I'd have gone to college, I wouldn't be selling tires six days a week. That's what you're going to be doing if you don't get with the program. Took you 20 seconds for five seconds of dialogue. (laughs) Yep. 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 Uh, next one is also you. You don't want to stack those uh, on top of each other like that because they'll press the the, the record. Oh, but you really shouldn't uh, keep them piled like this because it gets really pressured. Hold on. You know, like, see you tomorrow. Oh, okay. 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 And I don't know if you the, the, the same ner- was intentional or it not. It was not. It was the same nervous energy that he exuded in that movie. All right, this is, I think, the third or fourth time that I have had a clip in this segment that is just called Ha Ha Ha. Okay. And this one actually pairs with one of yours from last week and see if you can tell me why. <laughs> yeah, because she didn't say ha 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 ha. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. The next one is you. Wait, wait. Ooh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, the next one is you, and it's a musical number. Do, 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 do. Okay. Yep. That's uh, actually one of my favorite things. Uh, if if I could play piano, I, I dated a girl who, who played piano, and she could play that, and it just, just amazed me. So. Okay. Uh, next one is also you. Is that a threat? She goes, that's a promise, bitch. Oh, is that some kind of a threat? Some kind of a warning. I'm petrified. Yeah. So was yeah. that actually how you remembered it, or was that? Paraphrasing Doug. Yeah, that was paraphrasing Doug. And the last one is, I think you were trying to lead me into this, and I just, I never, I never picked it up. I didn't catch the ball. I didn't return. I didn't return it. Pardon me, sir. Do you have any great poupon? Oh, yeah, that's the music that's playing there. Yeah, you were supposed to say, but of course. Pardon me. Would you have any gray poupon? But of course. <laughs> that commercial was actually different than how I remembered them because I always remembered the last shot being the one guy in the Rolls Royce, for example, with his hand out the window in the guy that's in the Mercedes or whatever, reaching out and grabbing it. And it's kind of a still between the two cars as they're handing yeah. off the gray poupon. Yeah, that's how I remember it as well. In this commercial, the guy who had the gray poupon he just kind of drives away and says, fuck you. <laughs> okay. But I, I think this is a uh, pretty straightforward. And there has been oh, really? Doug. <clears throat> you just got beat by Doug. You, you uh, had one that was good. No, you had two you, that were good. All right. You had a couple that were terrible. I, I had nothing of value <laughs> in, okay. that, in that segment at all. All right. Ready to move on? I am. I am. 
Hey man, what's new now? What's fucking new now? Okay, first I have a question. What's up with all the anime? Oh, that's um my son. Okay. He, and actually I will get to that in this segment, so I'll start with that. My I have one son that is at school, and I have one son that's at home. I don't really talk to either of them very much. It's not like we're not talking. It's just there's not a lot of communication between us because the one that's here is always busy doing stuff, and the one that's not here is at school, and I'm trying to let him live his life. And he will call his his mother every couple days, whatever, talk to her, blah, 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 blah. He calls me when he needs something, and a lot of times what he needs is, Hey, uh, I really want to watch this TV show. Can you get that for me? <laughs> that That is my role to him, is I am that's, basically his media bitch. So That sounds like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like your son. <laughs> my, my, my short of stature son. <laughs> Did I lose Doug? No, I'm here. I'm, I'm cleaning my glasses and I'm going oh. Oh. on the lenses. So I wanted to mute the microphone. Oh, so, so I didn't think you were jerking off. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, I short of stature because of Falcone. But uh So it's my way. So I, should, should go I, I should probably go. Yeah. So we had our, our annual blue and gold Cub Scout dinner, um, and my youngest and I had to stop and pick up five gallons of milk at the local grocery store. And of course, like most grocery stores these days, there's only one checkout line with an actual human being behind it. But yet you've got four or six kiosks for self-checkout. Yes. All right. So we're waiting in line because each there's four, there's four kiosks and imagine them like in a square. One, two, three, four. Can you picture that? Sure. I've been to stores right. before. <clears throat> you've been to stores before? You're yeah. a seasoned shopper? Yes. So we're waiting and we're probably three or four in line because all four are occupied. And to the one in the upper, in the, the far right corner is a girl. I would say she's 12 or 13 years old and she's just standing there at this kiosk. And there's a gal who's working at the store who is kind of the king shit of Turd Mountain when it comes to the self checkouts. That she's there to, if anybody, the little red light buys alcohol or if there's some kind of like, yes. you didn't put it down. Yeah. So the weight wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. And I'm looking at her and I'm looking at the little girl and the, the store employees looking at the little girl and we make eye contact and I kind of do the shoulder shrug and she's like, I don't know, you know, kind of does the same thing. <clears throat> so then she, the, the gal that works there is starting to bring people who are in line to her little checkout area. And it's my turn and we bring our five gallons of milk. And I look over and I go, is there something wrong with her? Is she having a problem? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go check it out. So I walk over and I'm like, do you need help? And I can see on her little checkout thing, it says $2.40. And she's futzing with her phone. And she goes, my money is between my phone and my phone case and I can't get my phone case off. It's poor thing. All embarrassed. So I'm like, okay, give me your phone. And I'm trying to get this fucking phone case off. And all of a sudden this other dude comes up and he's like, what's the problem here? And I'm like, her money is stuck in here. And I'm trying to get her phone case off and help her. And he looks and he goes, well, it's only $2 and 40 cents. I'll pay for it. And I go, I've almost got it. He's like, okay. And then I lost it and I couldn't get it. And then all of a sudden at the, the checkout, the self checkout lane, that's kitty corner. Now keep in mind, this has been going on for five minutes. 
at the checkout lane that's kitty corner, it's a cart and they've got like a hundred things. And also the, the guy's like, Charlotte, are you having a problem over there? It's her fucking parents who've been there the entire time, not watching what their kid is doing, <laughs> nice. struggling at the self checkout for five minutes and having some strange man in a, in a Cub Scout uniform <laughs> trying to help her. Yeah, that's, it's not a good look. No. It's not a good look. No. Okay. Is that it for that story? Because I actually have a, a self-checkout story that kind of – Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you've just been itching to tell this self-checkout story? No, it's just, it just it, – it ties together. So it, okay. it kind of works in the flow of things. Jen and I were at Walmart and we were getting one thing. I don't remember what it was. Panties. I don't know. But um, And we're checking out and we're going through self-checkout. And there's a little line and they have the little uh, divider things, you know, that they stretch out and then they attach to create the little like walking lines. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. you go through one of those. And so we're the the first people before the the actual checkouts. And there's a kid. And I say kid. He probably couldn't have been a kid, but he did not look a day over 16 years old. And he's just kind of sitting there all smug right on the corner of the first checkout thing. And he's got a badge on a lanyard around his chest. And he's got, you know, the gun and he's kind of, you know, patting his gun with his hand. Like a real gun. Yeah, a real gun. At Walmart. At Walmart. And we check out and was that guy a cop? Was he a security guard? Because he was just, it was just weird that they would have that guy there and that he would be armed and he was kind of patting his gun. Okay. <laughs> it was just a little weird. And and the add to the fact that he looked so young, he probably was in his twenties, I would guess. All right. But I've never seen that at because like you would if they're gonna have a cop, you'd fi- figure they'd be uniformed. And this guy was not. J- just know. had the badge. But anyway, go ahead. Anyway, um, and then took the dog to annual vet checkup and um, after a $670 bill because, well, you know, you get the heart guard and the mm-hmm. next guard and they drew blood, which was 140 bucks to check it for liver enzymes and all that stuff. And he's all, we're going to be knocking him out in a couple of weeks to have his teeth cleaned and yep, probably some teeth done. Yeah. pulled. So that's, that's going to be another six or $700. But when I got the bill, I'm like $670. And I said, you know, my missus said, can you have them trim the nails? Cause it's, his nails are really difficult to trim because they're all different colored. And I don't know if you've ever clipped your dog's nail and it, you got a bleeder. Oh yeah. You cut the quick. Yeah. That shit does not stop. Well, you have to have the little, um, we do, we the do seasoning stuff still, you put on yes, there. Yes. But still, so they bring the dog back and I'm like, did you trim his nails? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, fuck, man, I do a better job than this. And that was a $25 charge. Thank you very much. And then we discovered that, you know, our dog has had like reflux. He throws up a lot. And the vet's like, well, well why don't you give him like 10 milligrams of Prilosec every day? So we're doing that now. So we're in that stage of our dog's life that. We're giving him daily pills. But she did say, you know, he's a seven-year-old dog. She said he doesn't look like he's a seven-year-old dog. He looks like he's three or four. So we're doing a good job there. We're 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 taking good care of our dog. Does he have do do claws? Yes. Those are the ones that are a bitch to to cut. Because if they get too long, they curl back on themselves. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those are a pain. 
Is that it? That is really it. The blue and gold dinner went really well. Um, my dad came and he told me how proud of me he was and how good of a job that I do because I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but when it comes to running a scout thing, I do a pretty good job. Um, and it was just kind of cool to hear him, you know, having people coming up to him and going, Oh, you're Doug's dad. He's so great. Da, 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 da. It was just kind of one of those feel good moments where it's like, finally, he does can see that I'm, I'm not a fucking loser. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so I have a bunch of things that are questions for you, but, Oh, all right. But I'll start with some stuff that it is. Well, I suppose I can ask this as a question. Um, actually I can't because you wouldn't be comfortable talking about this. So I won't ask it as a question. Um, as I said, we have one son that's still at home. And when we are going to have like alone time, we will usually lock the door. Just okay. So doesn't a- accidentally barge in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my eyes. Oh my eyes. The horror. Uh huh. But one day or one morning, he, he, he was talking to us and he said, can you guys please try to be quieter? Oh boy. What are you talking about? It's like, I could hear you guys going at it last night. Mm. Funny story. Ha ha. It was actually after I'd finished editing the podcast and I was out walking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and she was asleep because I could hear her snoring when I got back. Okay. So, so I don't know what it was that he thought he heard. Well, maybe she revved herself up so hard that she fell asleep. No, 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 it, it wasn't that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That wasn't that. But how are you with uh, germs from your missus or like your kids? Oh, I don't have a problem with it. Like if my kid's eating ice cream and there's still some in the bowl, I'll just, I'm like, here, give that here. Give that to dad and I'll finish it with his spoon. Because the other day, Jen was, uh, she was sitting on the couch and I was leaving the room. She said, hey, can you do me a favor? Like, sure. Um, and can you throw my gum away? And so I go over and she, and she said, oh, unless you don't want, you don't want to handle my gum. <laughs> like, <laughs> of all things, this is the thing that's going to be a bridge too far for me. Right, right. Uh, okay. What, what defines cheating to you? What in your mind is cheating? Not watching porn. Okay. And jerking off. That's not cheating. All right. Okay. You've, you've covered the important ones. I was listening to this podcast. Okay. And this podcast was specifically set up to d- help with victims of cheating trauma from finding out that their husband was jerking off. <laughs> we all do it. And what? It's not. It's not earth-shattering news. We all do it. But that's what I get for listening to something called the Christian Wives Podcast. Oh, God. Why would you fuck would you listen to that? I I think it was recommended based on some other things I was listening to. Okay. Uh, Another question. How often do you remember your dreams? Mm, That's a tough one because sometimes I'll remember a dream in the middle of the day and go – was that from last night or was that from like two weeks ago 
dreams and I have a very weird relationship. Whereas sometimes I will remember a dream because it had such a big impact. And then like two days later, not remember it at all. Yeah. And I, I usually remember probably dreams like three times a week. Okay. But how often do you have not wet dreams, but sex dreams? Mm, yeah. Often, often enough. Okay. I, I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, if I did, I, I'd say I did. I wouldn't fucking care. But I had a weird one. And was it where you were sucking your own cock? No. <laughs> it's the fantasy, man. No, no, that's not it. No, I was. You got to get the, what's, what's the adjustable, thermopedic adjustable bed? Folds back on that, itself. We just get that right angle in there and turn into Ron Jeremy. But I was, I was with this girl that I knew. Speaking of Ron Jeremy, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Friend of show, Joey. I, I pulled up to school today and there's this teacher that was walking out and she was covered in brown trash bags. And then friend of Joe, friend of show, Joey texted me and he's like, did you see what the principal was wearing? And I'm like, oh, you know what it was? It's read across America day. So you're supposed to come as your favorite author. And I said, I was going to have my boy roll up in a, a wheelchair because he just got done reading Hustler. <laughs> All right, sorry, I had to tell that. That's right, but it's 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 with this girl that I know. Um, all right, and I was she was down on all fours in front of me, so I could see like the upside down vagina. I mean, mm-hmm. sorry, is the upside down exclamation point? All right, and it struck me as odd because I'm sure you've seen videos where someone uses a magic wand. Yeah, and afterwards, it's kind of red and swollen. Uh huh. Yeah, the whole area was like that. Okay. Do you so we, ever feel – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we have sex. Well, we start to have sex, and then she stops, and she says she just want, wants to talk. So I get fucking blue balls even in my dreams. Okay. Do you feel bad cheating on your wife in your dreams? No. No, not at all. Uh, okay. I do. Oh, I, I do. I told Jen I feel, about this. Okay. I feel guilty about it. Why? Because usually in my dreams, I'm not married. When I when I do have sex dreams, I'm not married. I'm not dating my missus. It's just right. something completely. But I still feel bad about it. Do your timelines get all screwed up in your dreams? How so? You'll be still with your girlfriend from high school, but you'll be living in your current house. Yeah. Okay. And you'll still yeah. be working at Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like all these different periods of your life are kind of mashed together. That happens yeah. to me quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, big news. All right. Mortgage is paid off. Hey. Uh, don't have the paperwork yet because we have to pay a fee now that we've paid off the mortgage. We paid off ours and it, it took them 45 days to send us the paperwork. Yeah. But I'm just – and it, it's all it's all Jen. None of it is me because um, she handles all that stuff. Plus, she's the one that makes some money. But it, it is just – for me, it, it, it's such a huge life milestone. So. Yeah, not that and not having car payments and then just having a credit card, one credit card between us that we use for, you know, points mm-hmm. and pay it off every month. It's nice being debt free. Oh yeah, that fantastic. Yeah. And the very last thing for this segment is All right. sorry. It's you okay. Might, you might enjoy this one. I like it when you ask me questions during your what are you up to segment because <laughs> then I'm not looking at Facebook. I actually have to pay attention. 
I was at work and one of the guys that works with me listens to the podcast and I ended up explaining some stuff of the podcast. Um, just explaining what certain things meant. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, there's lots of different people, nicknames and explain some of those, not all of those, but I also explain like the whole ledger story. Mm -hmm. And as I'm explaining it, two other people kind of that don't listen to the podcast, they walk into the conversation and they heard basically the whole thing. And just the looks on their face, faces were priceless. <laughs> this <laughs> mixture of what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this horror yet excitement and, and humor. Well, what I, what I say, well, you know, you go into the guy's bathroom, there's a mirror and then there's a metal ledge and on the metal ledge, there's this big old turd. And just the looks, what? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> happened. That happened. Several was, times. This story yeah. took a, a weird turn. But I actually have a very short list of kind of a cheat sheet to understanding the podcast. All right. Can you think of anything other than names, nicknames, th anything that should be on there? Oh, your underwear. That's one. My my sweater. Uh, nope, that's not on there. Okay. I don't know, man. I we've done so many of these. I, I I couldn't tell you. Okay, real quick. All right. Nightside stand. Okay, nightside stand. Yeah. Hot minute. Uh huh. Uh, you already mentioned underwear shopping. Yes. Um, the different jerks. Oh yeah, there's there's several of those. Sad, mad, woods, tired. Um, Doug can't read the signs. Uh huh. Um, men wearing PJs. Yeah, that's Tiny a you thing. That's that's de that's definitely a math thing. Tiny three car garage. <laughs> Yeah, me and my poor three car, small three car garage. Strap-ons. Yep. Uh, micro binox. Yep. Uh, relatively new. Zoomy zoom zoom. Um, cavalcade of stars. <laughs> it's funny because I was just scrolling through my folder with all the past podcasts, and I, and because I have so many notes for this movie, I'm like, well, I wonder what I pulled for Empire Strikes Back. So I clicked on that one, and cavalcade was. That came up in Empire Strikes Back. And the very last one is Matt grew up poor and Doug grew up rich. Yes. So, ready to move on? I am. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. I'm not sure if this movie has ever been in your wheelhouse. You probably won't get it from the first one. The second one... You'll be like, okay, that's what that was, and that's who's in this movie. Okay. But you still may not know what the movie is. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Four, three, two, one, zero. zero. Okay, I'm going to guess which is going to be completely wrong, just because you've mentioned it recently, October Sky. No, that's not an 80s movie. Okay. Um, if, if it wasn't, if it didn't have to be 80s, I would have said that just because of the music, because it's a classical music, and then there's a rocket taking off, I would have thought maybe 2001. Um, so, no, I have no idea. Okay. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. So it's Dwight Schultz. 
Okay, that um, I remember when that episode. I've never seen that episode of the A Team. Okay, I remember when that episode of the A Team came out because the ledger. You told you you've brought this up that yes. the ledger was yelling that in yes, school. Exactly, that's why I remember it. It's Dwight Schultz. Um, well, did you know? Do you know who said the first the first thing? Come on, you've got to know. A man of Mensa should know who that was and what he was talking about. I am the destroyer of worlds. I'm assuming that it is um, Manhattan Project. Okay, yeah, that's Robert J. Oppenheimer. Yeah. What did Oppenheimer star in in the 80s? He did it. He's the father of the new <laughs> – you're such a douche. Well, it can't be the day after. No, it's not the day after. Um. Uh, Night of the Comet? No. No. Uh, it's, no. What What movies deal with nuclear apocalypse? Okay. It's got John Cusack in it. It's got Paul Newman in it. It's got a cavalcade of stars. Fort Apache the Bronx? <laughs> Which I started watching because I was going to do that for a podcast. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not doing this movie. First of all, the audio was shit. It's not, and that's not your fault, but. It was just like this isn't this doesn't just doesn't seem like a good movie to do for a podcast. The verdict? No. The um the color of money, which you told me I shouldn't do. <laughs> okay, just you 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 don't know what it is. Just no, play I do the not. La- play the last clip, and then I will tell you what it is. Robert, over here. device is fully charged. It's now 0 minus 60 seconds. 59, 58, 57, 56, 55. I was, I was going to have that thing, the whole thing count down. It's not my science project. No, it's Fat Man and Little Boy. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I should have gotten that from John Cusack and Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. All right. So ready for the movie itself? I am ready for the movie itself. And this... This movie deserved a song by this band. It's uh, ZZ Top. What are you doing? What do you mean? <laughs> Is that, that not the right clip? That's not the right clip. He really likes his pearl beer. Really shows just how much of a badass he really is. She never ever wears a bra. Cleaning up his big star, throwing all of his precious beer away. That's not Michael Hutchins. 
That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this week we are doing Lone Wolf McQuaid, released April 15th, 1983, grossing $12 million on a $5 million budget. Had a Rotten Tomato critic score of 57%, an audience score of 67%. Directed by Steve Carver, best known for Big Bad Mama. Starring Chuck Norris, best known for doing all of the push-ups, and 196 episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. Norris wanted that show to be a spinoff of this movie, but couldn't get the rights. Uh, the movie sued CBS for copyright infringement, but they got like a backdated jigger yeah. approval or whatever. Yes. One of the License. most, one of the most popular movie based drinking games is to take a drink each time the participants hear the word ranger. <laughs> okay. I read that as well. You would be hammered if you saw, if you did that. Starring David Carradine, not Keith or Robert, Robert or whoever I said it was last week. Uh, and known for copying Michael Hutchins' dance moves. Which means what? Michael Hutchins. Oh, cause he, he, he had a, a suicide jerk. <laughs> and an unintentional suicide jerk. Both of them did. Yes. This part would have gone to Bruce Lee if he were still alive. Also starring Barbara Carrera, best known for not wearing a bra in this movie and never say never again. Robert Beltran, best known for not being Eric Estrada and Star Trek Voyager. And making me an accidental racist. And how did that, how was that making you an accidental racist? So last week at the end, you, when uh-huh. we were discussing what movie we we're doing. You said that it stars Eric Estrada. So when I sat down and I watched the movie, Every time his character is on screen, I just refer to him as Ponch. And well, he he is a Hispanic fella in the movie, but so I did a replacement of Ponch with Chicote. Okay, and forty five times, forty five different times, I refer to him as Ponch. So so while you were watching this movie, you're like, pretty sure that's Eric Estrada. It's like he looks a little different. Uh, all right. The, the movie starts and it's an Orion film and we see a black and white wolf and we hear some whistling. By any chance, would you know who was doing the whistling? Uh, Axel Rose? No, Alessandro Alessandroni, who's best known for whistling for the soundtracks for spaghetti westerns, most notably The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. Uh, fistful of dollars, few dollars more. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This is a modern Western. And I just, I pulled a little bit of the audio, how it kind of goes from modern to spaghetti Western-ish. We're in Texas. This entire film was filmed in and around El Paso. Yeah. As so, we are 30 seconds, a minute, whatever, however long the credits took to get into this film. All we've seen are these kind of weird 
negative shots of a wolf and mm-hmm. this weird music and not not having a lot of hope for this film. <laughs> I did forget to mention uh, one other thing that Chuck Nor- Norris is known for. You know, they say Chuck Norris is so tough, there's no chin under his beard. There is only another fist. That's ridiculous. Chuck Norris. <laughs> beard lifts up. Another yes. Fist. A fist comes out. Uh, but here we got Chuck Norris. He's dirty. Um, That's he's, the word that appears most in my notes. <laughs> he's dirty. Yes, and he's got a he's got a beard in this movie. This is the only only the second movie or first one of t- first I thought. Well, this is one of two movies where he has a beard. All of his other movies, he's just sporting his Chuck Norris ginger mustache. Yeah, and I think this was the first time his hair was dyed red. Yes. Okay. But he is watching a herd of horses. And looking through a scope that is not attached to a rifle. I got a question for you. All right. Almost always, and this is actually a very tropey thing, whether somebody is looking through a scope or looking through microbinox or whatever it happens to be, there's usually that effect around, like for a scope, it would be a circle. Mm -hmm. I know that they had the crosshairs in the middle or crosshair, I suppose, because it's just one, but... I was surprised that they didn't have that in a circular thing when they do something later and they actually do do that effect. Oh, I guess I really wasn't noticing. I didn't notice that. Okay. So does the, does the crosshair take up the entire screen? No, the crosshair is just in the middle. No. Oh, all right. But we see a MASH helicopter fly over and he's looking at some sheriffs doing something. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, I should have asked. Have you seen this movie before? No, I had not seen this film before. Okay. I saw this in the theater. I want to say there was a lady, her name was Mary, and she was a family friend. And I think she dated my dad like once or twice. And they just kind of just figured out this is not going to work, but we like each other. Let's stay friends. And so she was a friend of the family. I mean, she was around all the time. And I'm pretty sure it was her that took my brother and I to go see this in 83. Okay. And that's the only time I've ever seen this movie. And I remember walking out of the theater like, yeah, Chuck Norris, he's the coolest man. I love this movie as a kid. That's how I felt walking out of uh, Missing in Action. (laughs) Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Well, because he's – it's tough to tell if Chuck Norris is ever taking himself seriously. Is he in on the joke? Yes. Uh, I don't don't know. In this movie, I think – I don't think he's taking himself very seriously in this movie. No. uh, And, you know, range is somewhat limited. But you you, you can actually see an evolution of Chuck Norris as an actor. If you watch several of his films across like the first half of the 80s. All right. You can see him become a little bit more comfortable in just his presence. Like with his Bowflex commercials with Cindy, uh, Christy Brinkley? <laughs> sure. But you compare this to a Silent Rage, for example. It, it's a lot more, oh my God, this guy's trying to act. Where in this movie, he's not necessarily doing great acting, but it's not to the point where it's like, oh my God, this guy is so wooden, he's trying to act. Mm-hmm. He's almost just being himself in later films like this one as he's kind of getting almost comfortable in his acting skin. Sure. But the sheriffs are intercepting some horse rustlers and 
they really look like a bunch of bad hombres. He's looking back and forth, back and forth, and the music turns very dramatic when we see his Texas Ranger badge. Is is that the smallest badge you've ever seen, ever? Well, the Texas Ranger badge is, I mean, it's small. It's the size of an Oreo cookie. Like if you ever watch uh, the original Lone Ranger movie from, I think, 80 or 81. Okay. Which I really kind of liked. I remember seeing that as a kid and going, I really like this movie. Did you like the one with the cannibal? The cannibal. The Johnny Depp one? Yes. Oh, uh, what, and what's his face? I don't remember his name, but he, he likes to eat people, apparently. He's, he's in the, the Facebook movie as twins. Oh, as a, the Winklevoss twins? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Army Hammer. Yes. All right. He, yeah. I thought he just likes to take b- bites of people like Marv Albert. <laughs> I yes. didn't know he. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know he liked to eat people. Wait, I should say allegedly. Yeah, but he walks to his truck, gets a swig from a canteen, puts on a vest, and attaches the scope to the rifle. And what does he load into the rifle? Uh, it is uh, armor-piercing bullets. Yes, and his yeah. his little truck says that he works for the Department of Public Safety. Is that what it says? But I, I don't know about scopes. With him, like, clicking the scope back in, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to do anything to recalibrate that? We see it all the time in assassination movies where they have the suitcase and they put the rifle together and they twist the scope on. That's true, I suppose. I Because that's always my thought. Like, yeah, wouldn't that – even just like a, a quarter of a millimeter, wouldn't that mess up that? But – I don't know, a, a high-precision rifle, I suppose, that's dialed in? Maybe not. You, but, you forgot to mention, though, a lot of the bad guys, a lot of these bad hombres, as you called them, they're they're wearing sleeveless vests. They're wearing sleeveless vests. Yes. Got to add that are, to the list. Some sleeveless of them are sleeveless. <laughs> yes. Some of them are shirtless and wearing sleeveless vests. Suspect is shirtless. I repeat, shirtless. It's a Simpsons thing. Okay. Uh, the sheriffs come up. At, well, there's this this confrontation between the sheriff and the main bad guy. This is Deputy Sheriff Oscar Garcia with the state police. You are all under arrest for horse stealing. Have you got So I heard, fuck your mother there in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. I was able, yeah, to, able to pick out little bits and pieces of the Spanish. There's some questionable questionable language that I left in some of the clips this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. Um, but what what do the police do? It, McQuaid is just watching. We don't even know his name's McQuaid except for no. the, the title. But what is he doing through this whole thing? He's just watching. But what do the police do almost immediately? Uh, they, they're like the French. <laughs> so as my notes, I guess they're French. The police surrender. Yes. Yeah, the bad guys have a wide variety of weapons. I mean, there's. A, are you familiar with the Mac-10 machine pistol? If I wasn't, I, mean, I would be after this film. <laughs> yes, because it's very prominent in this film. I mean, there's a dude that's got like a double-barrel bird gun. Uh, one guy gets shot. The guy next to him, who we end up ends up becoming a major character in this movie, is shocked. Cops are on the run. They get surrounded. We hear one guy say, hands up, and... Uh, or hands up motherfuckers, and Chuck is watching. They, there's two fucks in this movie, and this movie originally was rated R, and then Chuck Norris, in all of his Chuck Norris awesomeness, 
went to the Association of Motion Pictures and said, listen here, fellas, this is good versus evil. I need kids to be able to see this movie. So they changed it to a PG rating. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about the different types of weapons and one of the, one of the bad guys now has a machete (laughs) and he's about to behead, um, somebody. Yeah. Well, he's, he made, he makes them all kneel, uh, their hands are tied. The big fat guy with the sleeveless vest and no shirt. He's like, these are my horses. I'll teach you a lesson. And he pulls a machete from one of the, one of his henchmen. Yes. And Chuck takes aim. And instead of shooting the guy with the machete, he shoots the truck. Hey, you cabron. You hurting my car, Spendejo. Why you do that? This is J.J. McQuaid. This is Ranger. Hey, 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 hey! Put him down! <laughs> Do not move! Do not move! <laughs> hey, you! Stand up like a man so I can see you! And he's, just to set the scene, he's on a, I'd call it a bluff. Yeah. Up above. And he does exactly what the bad guy says. He stands up. And then what do the bad guys do? Well, first of all, the main bad guy, did you see the size of his belt buckle? No. It's the size of a hubcap. It is gigantic. I mean, it, it is comically huge. It's to offset how comically small the Texas Ranger <laughs> badge is. <laughs> yes. But the, 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 all the bad guys aim at him and they, most of them have long rifles, like 30 out sixes, 30 thirties. Probably some other long gun calibers in there, but the main bad guy who has a Mac 10 machine pistol, which is accurate up to about 12 yards. Sure. Fires from the hip at him. It's, have you ever seen, well, I've, I know you've seen, um, Rambo, First Blood Part Two. Yes. Where the, the guy who shot his girl is shooting at him. And Rambo's just standing on the rocks and all the bullets are hitting below him. Yes. And then he takes his bow and arrow and is able to hit that guy. And he blows up, right? Yeah. Even though he couldn't hit him with an AK-47 from that distance, a bow made it to him. An arrow made it to him. Well, it was a compound bow. Yes. That's what makes the difference. (laughs) Yes. But all the bullets hit the ledge below McQuaid and he takes aim and hits that guy. Right. Did you – See the YouTube clip that I sent you in launch here? No, I did not. It's the comically long clip of this, of Chuck Norris chambering a bullet and then people doing stupid things like trying to climb over fences or do or jump from a boat or a pier to a boat and then you just see Chuck Norris shooting and they fall. No. It's actually it's, – it's pretty funny. Is that from Invasion USA? No, it's from this movie. Oh, is it? Okay. It's from this movie. Yes. Um, but the vet, the, the sleeveless vest guy executes a cop and then grabs another and a guy comes up to him and goes, no one has ever killed a Texas Ranger and lived to tell about it. And then we see the silhouette of McQuaid and the music swells and he walks up and drops his gun belt. I don't know why he did that. And he walk yeah, and he walks up to the main bad guy, and I'm thinking, God, he he looks just dirty. And he does. There was something that surprised me about this, and it probably shouldn't, because he does not ride horses in this. I don't think, even though there no. are horses in this film, 
is I'm thinking Texas Ranger. I'm thinking Cowboy. I'm thinking he was going to be wearing spurs. No spurs. But Norris takes out, or McQuaid takes out three guys and then starts spraying with a Mac-10. <laughs> Grabs a Mac-10 and starts mowing guys down from the hip. The most comical part about it was there was like four guys up on this like little hill, and they are all staggered at different heights on this hill. And he just goes, <laughs> and all four of them drop. Yeah, he does a little spin around move, kind <laughs> uh-huh. of firing blindly. And then uh, the b- main bad guy goes for his pistol, and it it doesn't work out for him. And he says, don't shoot me. And then McQuaid pulls the big bad guy over. And then the guy who I was referring to as Ponch, but it's actually Chicote. Um, you know why I'm calling him Chicote? Is that from Voyager? Yeah, that was his character's name in Voyager. Okay. Robert, Robert name- Beltran is his yes. actor's his name. His name is Keho in this movie. But he comes over and he just kicks the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. But I think they must have done some kind of a, a a wide shot or a pullback because there's just tons of dead guys there. <laughs> okay. But then we move on to the next scene. Yeah, he's driving in the downtown and he he uses his siren to get through a red light. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he hits. Yeah, I, I he hits the sirens to run a red light. Uh-huh. He does some very. There's some other things that he does in here that is this just cracked me up. But he's it, the truck that he's driving is an '83 Dodge Ram Charger. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if no, the guy I knew had a had a Ford Bronco like OJ's. Okay. <clears throat> But he comes up on a ceremony celebrating the retirement of another Texas Ranger, and he sits down, and he's he's just filthy, and he just sits down next to all these clean guys. Well, everybody he, else is kind of in their their police dress uniforms or suits. They have their bolos, and and he's just wiping dust off himself, and it's going on everybody. Yeah, and what he what does he do? Yeah, yeah. He, he uh, you fell asleep. asleep. Yeah, yeah. He falls asleep, but then he. He pulls a beer out. Mm-hmm. And this is something that dates the movie because these are pull tabs. Yes. And the the guy that's retiring, an older ranger, what is his name? Dakota. And, he, and at, at first I thought this was the guy from Avenging Angel. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It, they're both, they both have gray hair, but no, it's not the same guy. No, it's not. Let's meet Dakota. Where the hell with it? Did you get him? Oh, I'm sorry. I tied up with this hand job section. I would love to have help. I could have used you there, Dakota. Yeah, yeah. Can't say as I'm going to miss you. Thank you very much, Captain. And thank you for the watch. And you, McQuaid. Drink, Captain. My office in ten minutes. And then you, McQuaid. <laughs> Captain's kind of a jerk off. He is the guy, he's the colonel or the general in Predator in the beginning. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. 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 Um he's in the hallway. McQuaid goes upstairs. He's in the hallway. He goes to the the water cooler and he totally checks out some chick's ass as she walks by. He tries he's to like, flirt and then he, yeah, he goes, "Hi there." <laughs> she just blows by him. Yes. And he goes to the captain's office, lets himself in, and the captain is in the shitter. 
Texas Ranger than making bust. You're gonna look good doing it. Style. The best always have style. I said, sit down. I'll stand, Captain. Now, in terms of unassisted felony arrest, I admit, your record is unrivaled. But uh, my kind of ranger is a model citizen, pillar in the community. He goes to church. He lives clean. And he's got a loving wife and kids. Read it. It's an editorial by the senator who happens to approve our annual budget. I quote... Ranger J.J. McQuaid is a walking symbol of the brutal, uncooperative, obsolete, and discriminatory nature of the Rangers today. Unquote. Well, your lone wolf attitude is going to change. You're going to start cooperating with the state and federal agencies. Understand? During that scene, during that clip, mm-hmm. both of them do non, well, one of them's kind of verbal, but both of them do power moves on each other to show dominance. Okay. Well, McQuaid refuses to, to sit down. Yeah. No, that's okay. I'll stand. That's his. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the captain, the captain comes out. Well, first of all, he takes a piss. Yeah. And, and there's no way he used soap while he was washing his hands. There was, he did the finger waggle. Yeah, he just. (laughs) And he comes out and there is an audible zip as he zips up his pants. That's the power move. All Uh, right. And he's kind of showing, see, I'm the cock of the walk. I'm in charge here. But right at the end, there was a knock. And who (laughs) comes in? It's the bewildered sheriff from before that had a guy killed next to him. And. The captain introduces him as his new partner, Keho. And McQuaid goes, I work alone. And just leaves. And the captain tells Keho, stay with it, son. And then the next day. Is it the next day? Is it the same day? It's a complete, it's a different location. Right. And a plane is landing at a remote airstrip in the desert. And uh, Carradine is there to meet the plane. He comes out of, out of the bathroom and he takes the belt off his neck. <laughs> But um, <laughs> he greets a guy with with the beret, and the guy with the beret says the Russians have failed us, so uh, we have to finance the coup ourselves. So and we don't know if we don't know if they're Guatemalan or Nicaraguan or Peruvian. We have no idea. They're Central American or Southern American. But Carradine has a hanger of weapons, and they have a briefcase full of cash. Yes. And this Carradine's character's name is Wilkes. And they say, count it. And he goes, trust is important in our business. So he doesn't count it. Um, but then the guy with the green, with the beret pulls a gun on him. Is that a beret or is that a Kanga? 
I'm pretty sure it's a beret. I thought it was a Kanga. No. He's going to go out and shoot 18 after he gets done. Yes. Find his guns. Uh, yeah, load the, gu- the plane at once. And then after Wilkes just kind of gave this little statement about how importance is trust, what does he do? Well, the, the guy pulls a gun on him. Well, he pulled the gun to basically say, hey, do this shit. And, but Wilkes kicks him and then there's a short shootout. Yes. And then he says, bury them. <laughs> hey, free money. <laughs> yes. What, what about the plane though? That's a great question. I don't know. Maybe he keeps it and tells bury the, the plane. I don't know. Well, they bury other vehicles. So they do bury <laughs> other vehicles. <laughs> Wouldn't be unheard of in this film. Uh, no. But now a cop car pulls up at a ranch and Cahill gets out, pulls a dip out of his mouth and tosses oh, it. Oh, that's what I was wondering why he threw his keys away. No, that was his dip. Okay. And he's looking for McQuaid. A wolf comes up and he runs inside. The house is a fucking pigsty. He even refers to it as a piss house. Yes. And there's McQuaid wearing my sweater. Right. And there's a bunch of guns and there is a heavy bag inside. Mm-hmm. In in like the living room. <laughs> yeah. And McQuaid comes out, pistol cocked, still looks dirty. And then what does he do? Um, He shoots the ceiling of his own Dirt house. Doing here. I, I came to wake you up. I'm your new partner, remember? Kid, get out of here. And forget that partner crap. But Captain Tyler, <laughs> tell Tyler to shove it. Fuck your mother for the second time. Now they're both deaf. Yeah. Uh, and this part I don't understand other than it looks cool. <laughs> oh, is this where he's doing target practice shirtless? And he's rolling around on the ground. <laughs> he's all sweaty. He's just got to be getting covered with dirt and sand. Yeah. He's putting and- on a shooting display for the benefit of his new non-partner. Right. And while well, Cahill is watching from afar. And he's uh, impressed with how he's doing it. And you know, his targets are not paper targets. They are like bags like, of sand on sticks. And well, up. there's one, there's like a scarecrow that right. obviously looked like somebody put some work into that scarecrow and he just blows it apart with his shotgun. Yeah. He's fucking up his targets with a shotgun. But now. McQuaid is in his truck and he's mm-hmm. kind of driving like an asshole. And this is one of my favorite movie tropes is he's squealing on dirt. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's drinking a Coke. And uh-huh. at first I thought that was going to be like a, a spit can. Okay. But uh, his partner. He's, whis- he's whistling to the music that's being played on the soundtrack. <laughs> well, it's diegetic then. Yes. But who's following him? Well, Cahill is following him, and he's on the loudspeaker of his cop car apologizing to McQuaid. Um, and he says that he, – he tells McQuaid, you can't outrun me. I've got a supercharger. But apparently, yeah. McQuaid has nitrous in his truck. <laughs> a super supercharger because he flips a switch. We see a belt turning in, internally, and he flies down the road. And Cahill crashes, but not that bad. Yeah, his windshield's broken in, until it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he actually, in the next scene, I don't know if it's, it can't be the next day, but in the next scene, he actually looks clean. That's McQuaid. And he comes up to what is, I'm guessing, his ex-wife's house. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and just to let everybody know, they have a great relationship being a divorced couple. They really do. But he goes up to his, I guess, his ex-wife after he says hi to his daughter. And his daughter, do you know what his daughter is famous for? No. She was in one of the Friday the 13th films. Oh, does she get naked in that? No, she does not. Oh. she's But she's very excited to see him. Maybe a little too excited because she kind of leaps into his arms and right. wraps her legs around him. But he goes up to the ex-wife and says, It's Miss Mancini. Looking good. Like I knew you would. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Mancini from Camp Totally, totally overrated movie. But they hug. You got to stop and- it on that film, man. <laughs> you got to stop it. I've yeah. so much the- patience. <laughs> The the daughter says, tell dad the big news. And Mrs. Mancini says, well, I've got a new job in a new city. And he's not happy. And she goes, well, JJ, I'm an independent woman. And it'll be good for Sally. Sally is his daughter. And where is her new job? What city is her new job in? Uh, is it Dallas? Las Cruces. Is that in Texas? Yes, it is. Okay. And guess how far away it is from where they currently are? How far? 44 miles. That's not that far. No, that's not much, especially how he drives. Yeah, no kidding. But Sally's boyfriend pulls in, and he's an army guy. And the boyfriend says, I heard you were a Marine, and you want a Silver Star. So, okay, a little bit of background. J.J. McQuaid is, is a badass. And the um, what is the, the boyfriend's name? I don't know. It's Bobby. Is it Bobby? That becomes important later. All right. But uh, they shake hands, and then she says, oh, my dad is going to take me riding. And now we're at a horse track, and we've got – I just refer to him as Carradine in this movie. I, I don't think I ever call him Wilkes. I, I think I eventually start calling him Wilkes, but I didn't have Maybe his I name do. as Wilkes yet. But yes. he's there with Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> well, you do know that this guy who plays Falcone – was an Ewok. Yeah, he was in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And all of like the Ewok made for TV movies. But um, this is the point where I st- stopped typing McQuaid and I just refer to him as Q from oh, this I've point got, forward. I've got M. Okay. But McQuaid is cleaning a stall. Yeah. Which it looked like this was a horse track. It is. But it is. But the the little person is in an electric wheelchair. Yes. He rolls up and he's watching McQuaid also. And Sally wants to take out a horse. Dakota is there. He helps her. Um, And then we see this hot chick with no bra with like the world's darkest nipples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are some very dark nipples. Um, They're not as dark as Charisma Carpenter. Oh, are those dark? Oh, super, super dark. Okay. Um, And it's Barbara Carrera. And she's on a horse. And I don't know what... This is your introduction of Lola? Is it? All right. Hey, how'd you like to bite that in the butt, develop lockjaw, and be dragged to death? Who is she? Clark Richardson's widow. So that's her, huh? That's her. Came from a poor family, married Clark with all that money, just before he got himself squashed in that little Italian racing job of his. Must have been quite a crash. Clark ran with a pretty tough crowd and tall kids. It wasn't an accident, but nobody can prove it. Shame, though. All that fruit just rotten on the vine. Doesn't look too rotten to me. I don't know how if that would still get a PG rating today yeah. based on that dialogue. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> certain. 
about that. <laughs> no, no. But a truck backfires and Sally's horse freaks the fuck out and takes off, but Lola saves her. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't pull a Lola. Same. Yeah, I don't know. Don't yeah, know. she she rides off after and saves the day, and yeah, then I think I I think I had enough clips for this movie. <laughs> yeah, McQuaid runs up, and the woman is definitely beautiful, and she has an accent, mm-hmm. and and she's heard of him. Is Texas Ranger is not an elected position, correct? Correct. Okay, I I can think of there was one cop that I didn't know, like on a personal level, whose name I ever knew in my entire life. Okay. And that was just because he was the cop that was always busting parties where we were growing up. Oh, and what was his name? It was like Mick something, I believe. All right. Huh. But yeah, she's heard of him. And then her, now we actually see Carradine is there and he has a Mercedes and what are his custom license plates? Karate with a C. You think somebody already had K? <laughs> Probably. When when in the notes it said, when somebody asked Chuck Norris about David Carradine's karate skills, he goes- He's a hell of well, an actor. <laughs> well, he, he goes, he goes, oh, they're as good as, as my acting skills. Okay. That's what it was. But, and we'll get to it much later, but there were certain things that were written into the contracts of- Yes. <laughs> And that actually happens in, still happens. It hap- has happened in the Fast and the Furious films. But um, now uh, Wilkes' girlfriend, Lola, actually introduces Wilkes. And you can totally see that she's not wearing a bra. And you can see, as Doug had mentioned, she has very, very dark nipples. Yes. This is Ron Wilkes, my late husband's partner, Ranger McQuaid. Now you're my partner. I understand you're very good with your hands and feet. Pretty good. Ron was all European karate champion. Is that right? <laughs> Ranger Brown, Sally, Ranger McQuaid. It was especially nice. Oh, by the way, um. Roll is getting a little martial arts display over by the racetrack. Just a little exhibition. Why don't you gentlemen drop on by? I don't think we Oh, it'd make uh, be our pleasure, ma'am. Good. Yeah, McQuaid doesn't want to go in the old ranger. Yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they are both eyeballing each other. Wilkes and McQuaid. And Wilkes makes sure that McQuaid can see... Him kiss her? Yes. Yeah. And then Sally gets back on the horse that freaked out. And I believe Dakota says, yep, never backs down. Uh, remind you of somebody else in her family? Ha, 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 ha. Uh, but now we're at a hoedown. And Dakota is dancing with Sally. And oh, is that who he's dancing with? Yes. Uh, I just had, he's trying to get some trim dancing. I didn't oh, realize he was okay. with the daughter. Oh, all right. Yeah. McQuaid and has changed clothes. Yeah, now he's wearing a double-breasted um, denim shirt. <laughs> High style. <laughs> High style. <laughs> got to bring that shit back. There's, I think he's got three different variations of this shirt in this movie. He's got a red one, the denim one, and then I think there's a, a tan one also. He changes clothes quite a bit in this yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. But um, McQuaid wants a beer. 
So he goes to the little bar kiosk set that sets up and, well, he asks for a beer. You got pearl beer? No pearl beer. Tiny can make a lot of second. Forget it. Bottom shelf salad. Yes, ma'am. You would think that Pearl beer being brewed in San Antonio and being a very popular Texas beer that they would have it at this function. It's El Paso, isn't it? Well, they're in El Paso, but I mean, how far away is El Paso from Tex from San Antonio? I, I did not check that out. I only checked out how far it was till the place that they were moving. Oh, okay. Las Cruces, which is 44 but, miles. But it's a Texas beer. And it's a, it was at this time, at the time in 83, it was a very popular Texas beer. So, but Wilkes, he's, he gets in the ring and he's got a satin boxing robe on and, and a heater in his mouth. Uh, it's, it, it's a cigarillo, I think. Is it? Yeah. And cause he smokes those throughout the, the film and the, uh, the little guy, his name is Falcone. Uh huh. He's watching from a distance. And I think just what movie was it that we watched recently that somebody was wearing the sparring pads for like taekwondo say anything oh yeah yeah that would make sense because wilkes is wearing the the boot covers oh on his first shins yes okay all right but the opponent bows and wilkes really does not and then wilkes just kicks the shit out of him oh all three of these guys yes he takes care of all three of these guys in quick order and then he makes an announcement that we are graced with McQuaid's presence. Yeah, I, I have that. Oh. I see we are graced with the presence of the media favorite, Ranger J.J. McQuaid. Yeah. 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 Gonna go for one, Ranger? A little wager, perhaps? Yeah. No thanks. I don't fight for money. For me? Catch that? Yes, I did. It's either that or um, from Caddyshack. I don't play golf against people for money. (laughs) (laughs) Go one way or the other. Yeah. But um, Wilkes whispers something to his henchmen. Right. And Cahill is there. He's dancing with some chick. And the henchman comes up to him. This is a big dude. And I believe he's wearing a denim shirt. Um, he's kind of racist. Well, him. he says, he goes, I don't want you. He says to the woman, I don't want you dancing with no greaser. Mm-hmm. That, that'll come up in a clip later on also. And throws a drink in Cahill's face. Cahill punches him. And it's the very tropey, you know, doesn't even phase the guy that he just punched. Yes. And he gets punched back. And then two guys grab him and they start working him over and Dakota jumps in. And I think I I pulled a clip just of all the sound effects of this fight, just because it was so comical. Don't you quit while you're ahead, partner. Who the hell asked you? Let me show you. Come on, tough guy. Hey, 
boys are just having a little fun. You want to join the fun? Yeah, Lola steps in, kind of breaks it up. But okay, so the, the what happens in that fight is he flips a guy, he another guy comes running at him and he takes him and tosses him into a group of like eight people and mm-hmm. knocks them all down like bowling pins. Sure. And then there's another guy who's got is it a bottle or a glass that it's he a bottle. wants to and he and McQuaid grabs his hand and basically smashes squeezes the guy's hand so hard that it busts the bottle. Well, the yeah, bottle was already it was already it was a it was a broken yes. bottle to okay. start with. Yes, yeah. But Falcone, the little person, laughs, and then the three guys, uh, Dakota, Cahoe, and McQuaid, all talk after the fight. But right before they talk, Lola actually tells Wilkes off, and then walks away from him, and then the three heroes, if you will, talk. Should have booked those bastards, Springer. Kid, if I locked up every guy who took a swing at me, half the county be behind bars. Well, you're making a real habit of saving my ass. I appreciate it. You take a good punch, kid. <laughs> I'll take old hamburger face home, patch him up. Good idea. Come on, boy. And McQuaid is putting his gun belt on, and then Lola comes up behind and suggests a change of scenery. Yes, and she takes him to a bar, and it's... It's not a very nice bar. It's a dive bar. <laughs> it's a dive bar. Um thought there was going to be another fight coming up here. Yeah. Like a bar yeah. brawl. Yeah. Okay. So what are your qualifications for a dive bar? What does a dive bar need to have? Uh, it's got to have a pool table. With the quarter slots with for that, that you feed quarters into it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They're not giving that shit away for free. Um, okay. Dartboard. Uh, jukebox. Probably like a Pabst neon sign out front, or the, it's it, uh, it's got to have a a plastic beer sign with the name of the bar outside of the bar. Yes, yeah. All right, three dollar tappers. <laughs> it's been a while did since I, I've been to one. That's did, a lot more than I used to pay for them. So there's a town that we go through on the way to the Shangri La called Waniwak, and for some reason there is a three block section of this town that is just all bars and ear penis and i were going up there for i can't remember what it was we were going up there for i think just a fall guys weekend or a spring guys weekend and he and it was lunchtime and it's like well let's let's stop here there we've got a cattle cave of places that we can pick from and we and he decides hey let's go into this place it's called the mayor's office and we walk in there and there's four broads old broads sitting at the bar and they're all smoking. Well, in Wisconsin, that's illegal. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And there's a, a a TV that is a tube TV that is playing um Matlock. <laughs> no, I don't think it was Matlock. I want to say it was Full House, episodes of Full House. And we walk in there and I'm like, come on, man, let's get the fuck out of here. Wait, you walk and the, in and, <laughs> and the old lady at the bar, she's like, You don't have to stay if you don't want to. And Chris is like, or ear penis goes, come on, man, let's go in here. Let's, let's check this place out. So we sit at the bar and we each order a beer and she's like, do you want anything to eat? She's on a desk chair rolling around behind the bar on a desk chair because she can't walk. Does she have like a compression thing on one of her legs? <laughs> Some compression stockings? Yeah. 
probably. And we're like, yeah, we'll take a couple of cheeseburgers. And she goes into the freezer and takes a screwdriver and chisels these things out. (laughs) (laughs) And then puts them on like a little hot plate. And it was, it was so fucking weird, man. It was, it just had to have been a place that she just owned just to hang out with her girlfriend. Just for fun. Sure. Just for fun. Yeah. Well, well, think about, uh, the, the Rockton bar though. That's not a dive bar. It's not a dive bar, but there is prime time when there, the bar has a lot of people. And then there's Mm -hmm. the regulars that are there. Sure. Like later at night. After like the the fish fry crowd has gone home, this the salad bar is no longer on the pool table. <laughs> right. We well, they've got a they've got a real like salad bar thing now. Oh, I know it, it's changed in the last couple of years because it used to mm-hmm. be on the pool table. Now it's actually up by the um the fireplace and where right. the TV is. But a couple of years ago was the first time we ever went in there on after we'd gone canoeing because usually you know canoeing everybody's fucking drunk and tired and get back to the Shangri-La and everybody just crashes after we eat, but we'd all eaten and a bunch of us were just, Oh, we're kind of like, Hey, let's go down to the Rockton bar for, for a couple drinks. And I think it was lawn chair and myself and ear penis went down and I ended up tending bar for like half an hour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and the, the regulars there were really bent out of shape that I was behind the bar. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they were. It's like, who, who's this new guy? And yeah. there was, and this was probably four years ago. There was just this absolute smoke show that was working there. Oh, every year. Every year they have a new hot chick that's a waitress there. Oh, but that one was just like, god damn. She was gorgeous. Anyways. Back to the dive bar. A biker guy comes up to Lola and he's like, how about a kiss? And McQuaid starts to stand up and she stops him. And she gets him and smacks him. And McQuaid's like, all right, time to leave. And then takes out the same guy before they go. Yeah, he kicks them onto the pool table. Yeah. But now Sally and her boyfriend, Bobby, are fooling around in a car. And he – oh, she's he's chasing her. She goes in the car. Well, they were on, fu- they were kind of like making out or whatever on a blanket. And then she okay, goes and runs to the car yeah. and she locks him out. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. – he says, I won't do anything. I won't do anything. And then she lets him in and he jumps on her and she says, Bobby. What's that from? Can't buy me love. Oh, oh geez. <laughs> but he, he hears he, a noise. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes to investigate. He sees a police roadblock start stopping a army truck or an is there just one truck? I, I think there's a couple trucks. Okay. And the cops shoot the army guys and he's like, holy shit, let's get out of here. And then there's headlights like right there, like 15 yards away. Right. You didn't see the, you didn't see those cars before. Really? They had to walk and past that the, car from the blanket to get to where their car was. Right. He goes and gets a tire iron and says, what do you want? And he sees the Mac 10, another Mac 10 drops the tire iron and he gets gunned down. And then what does what does that car do to Sally's car with Sally in it? It it kind of T-bones the car and then pushes it down the embankment. Yeah. But uh, explain this to me. You you hear a noise. You remove your fingers from your girlfriend, you get out of your car to go see what's going on. Yes. You look and you see 
a bunch of people gunning down yeah. people in front of a military vehicle. And then you see headlights and you grab a tire iron to say, hey, what's going on? No, what's you get the here, fuck man? out of there. No shit. No shit. But we're back to McQuaid and Lola and she totally wants him. And then they kiss and he does what Doug does and then is cons- is called a homosexual. <laughs> he leaves. Well, he looks dirty Cause, again. <laughs> yes, because Doug wants to be a gentleman. But Doug, the woman thinks that Doug's a gay person <laughs> because he, he doesn't want to come inside and, and – Come inside, yeah. Yes. But he, yeah, he, when he goes to leave, she's confused and the music swells as he gets in his truck and they kiss again and then he drives away to have a car jerk. <laughs> But, but he gets a call on the radio that there's been multiple homicides and injuries. And he goes, I'm going home. I, I don't have time to deal with this. And the dispatcher says, well, uh, you should really take a look. Your daughter was there. And he kicks in the supercharger. Yeah, hits the cherries and the Nas. And then he, he goes to the hospital, not the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the daughter's okay. She's very lucky. And, you know, he looks cleaner here. Like he might have gone home. <laughs> and got got some juju, yeah, jujubes. There's something. Or, di- yeah, he stopped. He stopped at the snack bar at the movie yes. theater to get before uh, Jake Jarmel's surgery. Um, but the next day, they're at the crime scene, and McQuaid pulls up, and Chakotay's already there. Cahill. Yeah. Yes. And he's informed that the feds are taking over because it's out of his jurisdiction, and there's there's brass everywhere, nine millimeter. So. Full metal jacket, Mac, yeah. That's what the Mac-10 machine pistol is, is 9 millimeter. But Keho saved a page from an army logbook. Yeah, piece of evidence. It's a log page from the convoy. Mm-hmm. And they go back to the office, and McQuaid is making a call about yes. the log page. Well, well, first of all, his office is a complete disgrace. It's just a pigsty. and It's cleaner than in, his house. In the middle of this phone call that he makes, what's he doing? Is he drinking a beer? No, he's drawing boobs on oh, like a, oh, a magazine. Right. <laughs> right, but this is the phone call. Yes. Hello, Lieutenant Day, shipping. Uh, name's McQuaid, Texas Ranger, El Paso. I'm calling to verify that shipment number 5501 left Fort Nelson yesterday. Yes, sir, it certainly did. What were the contents of those trucks, Lieutenant? Sir, I, I'm not liberty to say. Well, who is? Colonel McNeil, sir. Would you connect me, please? Yes, sir. Colonel McNeil's office. Could I speak to the colonel, please? I'm sorry, the colonel isn't in today. Well, when do you expect him? I haven't the faintest idea. Well, where is he? I really don't know. Lady, what the hell do you know? I only work for the colonel. I don't sleep with him. You won't get anywhere that way, Ranger. Follow me. So where where does he take him? Where does he take McQuaid? Uh, he takes them to the computer room where he's he can access a military computer yeah, with he, a bar, with with a borrowed code. Yeah, he's hacking into the government computer, yeah, and he says it's an old code, but it checks out. <laughs> he's about to yeah. clear him. Um, the the code he's trying isn't working, but two seconds later, then it does. Uh, yeah, the third try, and on this the spreadsheet of what was on this truck was just a shitload of different types of guns and weapons and mines and grenades. It's not like it's just like a truckload of M16s. It's like if you were going to start a war, 
this is everything that you would need. Yeah, there's stinger missiles and <laughs> yeah. you know, bunch of bunch of different shit. Right. And this is the first time where and it, in my notes it says a uh, bunch of guns and heavier stuff, but McQuaid actually gives him some credit and he says, Good job, kid. Thanks, Ranger. Thanks, Dad. Take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're together in McQuaid's truck and they are by a train yard. Yeah. And, and a guy pulls up in what kind of car? Well, a douchebag car. A Corvette. <laughs> and McQuaid is dirty again. <laughs> I have to mention and, it's in my notes every time he looks dirty. Yes. Um, and sorry, actually, I had, to, had to hit the cough button. That's right. But, this came up earlier and it comes up here and it comes up again later. Um, they're both drinking from a canteen. He is one of those old metal canteen with the, uh, the like the felt sides. Okay. And McQuaid drinks out of it first, and then he hands it over to his partner. His partner drinks a little bit, and then he spits it out. Why does he spit it out? Uh, it's not beer, is it? I, I I have no idea. I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't have that in my notes why he spit that out. But McQuaid refers to this guy in the douchebag car as Judas Snow because he has his hands and everything dirty. And let, let's go pay him a visit. And then K.O. says, are you going to park, Ranger? And what does he do? He just drives through the gate. <laughs> Smashes through the gate as Cahill screams like a bitch. But then Cahill gets out and punches a dude until he's knocked unconscious. But he hurt and his McQuaid, hand doing it. Yes. Well, he shakes his hand. Like, that's a very tropey thing. Yes. But McQuaid smiles approvingly. Um, another guy comes out with a baseball bat and McQuaid takes him out hard as well. And there's a bunch of appliance boxes, like a yeah. Frigidaire in uh, like an electric range that are on the right. deck or a deck yes. on the dock for some reason. But they get and into the, an elevator. And it's I'm a thinking, Michael, it, it's a Michael Douglas munch out elevator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Chakotay has some um, mournful tits. Um, but now they're walking down a hallway and the partner refuses to walk under a ladder. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was going to bear some fruit. So did I. And it, it never does. It does a little bit coming up in a few minutes. Oh, with when the other guy runs under it? Yes. Yeah, but yeah. they walk into a room. There's a bunch of people. And I swear to God, there was a bunch of missiles that were just being wheeled around on a cart in the background. Was, was I? See, I didn't see that. All I got is it, it's a garment factory. And Keho asks some lady in Spanish something and she points. Yeah, and I said, lots of clothes there, and then they go through a set of swinging doors. McQuaid goes in first, and there's a gunfight. Well, are they doing cocaine? Yes. Okay. And, well, they go in, and there's three guys. Mm-hmm. And it is... Did you did you figure out who the, the who Snow is, what he's from? Yeah, he's from a bunch of things. Well, this is, this is I'm larry and this is my brother daryl and this is my other brother daryl oh that's not what i had him from but yeah uh, oh okay. that's probably actually the thing he's most famous for but snow is standing behind this desk and there's a guy on either side of him and <laughs> and the guy on either side gets shot right. <laughs> yes. but he runs out and then mcquade sends the partner to go to the front and this is when snow actually goes under the ladder right Right. He, he breaks out a window. Yes, and jumps out and gets into a truck. And he's he's in a truck and McQuaid kind of jumps onto because when the guy went out the window, he jumped on in onto an overhang and then he kind of climbed down onto a truck. And when McQuaid gets 
down. The guy is in the truck and he's taking off and McQuaid grabs the back of his truck. <laughs> right. And he's being dragged like Marty McFly on his skateboard. Yes. But then he gets on top and he's doing the whole TJ Hooker thing. It really looked like he was doing his own stunts here. I, this is the thing I don't understand. Is Snow actually trying to shoot him and kill him? Is he shooting? Well, he he did shoot at him a bunch of times, but once he gets on top of the roof, that's a lot smaller area. You're going to probably hit something shooting directly through the roof. Well, maybe he's out of ammo. But then he is out of bullets, and uh, McQuaid sees what's about to happen, and he jumps off. Right, and then Snow runs the truck into a fuel truck. It, it And it, the weird thing is this fuel truck was parked far away mm-hmm. because just a week earlier, a plane from an air show had actually hit that tanker. <laughs> yes. Yes, Matt. But the truck doesn't explode on impact like I was expecting it to do. And he's trying it's, to restart it. He's trying to restart yes. the truck. Yes. The fuel is leaking. McQuaid says, don't, don't, don't do it. And it starts on fire and McQuaid has to drag him out. And then- Kaboom. Yeah, yeah. He he pulls him out of the car. Yeah, and, and, and Cahill goes, hey, man, shouldn't we call the fire department? And he's like, call them later. But we have to talk to him before the, the feds get to him. Yeah, they don't take him in. They take him to the old ranger's place. Yeah, Dakota. And they handcuff him to a few wagon wheels. <laughs> <laughs> and Dakota asks for his MAC-10. Um and is, is this, I think, Snow pulls a knife. Yes. And the old and ranger s- quickly disarms him. He steps on the hand that has the yes. knife. And this is where I realized it was Larry from Newhart. But Dakota steps on his arm and sprays some bullets next to him and then interrogates him. He says, dance, dance. Back to the future bit. where Yes. But the guy sings in a hurry and he actually, yeah, he does in- interrogate Jon Snow. <laughs> Got something to say, Pizzat? I know who you want. It's a Mexican mafia man, Falcone. Emilio Falcone? They're heisting guns everywhere. All they can get. What are they going to do with all that hardware? I said, what are they going to do with all that hardware? (laughs) Shit! They fly them off to Mexico, to Central America, to terrorists and stuff. All over the place. I don't know. They're going to kill my son, man! God damn it! Please. Please. Please, man. Let me go. God damn it. Well, you stay right there, boy. Don't you even breathe fast. Thanks, Dakota. I figured you'd bring him around. It has been my pleasure, JJ. Yeah, and he, he hands the, the Mac-10 back. Right. And McQuaid says that he's going to go see Falcone and calls Cahill partner. And I'm sure Snow, during that whole interrogation, probably pissed his pants, which I'm about to do unless we go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. No, actually, I was a little, little disappointed in the bathroom. It, Why is that? Because it had that 
soap that's not liquid. It's that kind of chalk soap. <laughs> okay. And, you know, just gets kind of like caught up under your hood. <laughs> it's not good jerking soap? No, it's not. Burns when it gets in the hole? Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not good news. <laughs> right. But McQuaid arrives at his house and there's a big pile of junk out front. And we hear a vacuum cleaner and some singing. Well, we also see that there's a car out front and the it's the same car that Lola was in earlier. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have anything other than you, you hear vacuuming being done well, or I mean I mean she's she's cleaning the house. Well we'll we'll get to that in just a second. What the hell are you doing? Oh hi. I just thought I'd clean up a bit. Lady, if I want a maid, I'll hire one. Jim, you're a hopeless slob. Let me have my cord. What's this? Vitamins. Where's my beer? In the garbage. So he roots around in the trash for beer. Well, he th- there's a bunch of fruit in the refrigerator, and he throws that out and grabs all the beer out of the trash can and puts it back into the refrigerator. Well, and she says this when he does that. Because uh, she was cleaning his house and she's Spanish. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. No, I, I was just thinking of the fact that he he was taking the beer out of the trash and he opens one up. Well, you, my friend, have crossed the line that divides man and bum. <laughs> but she t- she rips her gloves off and then throws them in the trash, says, adios. And then he throws his beer in the trash and he goes after her. Well, she's crying. And he kind of apologizes here. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look, uh, I, uh, I didn't mean to be such a... Well, what I mean is... Don't let... I'm sorry. You know, you could use some improvement. You really could. And now they should have used some of the music from Naked Gun where they have a little bit of like a cleaning montage. <laughs> right, because that's what this is. It's some, Well, there's opera music playing. Wouldn't it be nice if we were married? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, she's spraying they- him down with a hose. The The wolf comes out and gets wet and... I'm thinking, they're going to have some mud sex, aren't they? 
They are, because he picks her up and drops her up in the mud and making out in my favorite kind of camera work. Slow motion. Oh, and was was this scene when he came in and she was cleaning? Is no, I think it's later where she's wearing the shirt where it's so obvious that it's she's not wearing a bra because the yeah. shirt is see through. But yeah. the next day at the track, yep, Quatermain. McQuaid, Quatermain. Yeah, Q. I'm sorry, wrong movie. <laughs> McQuaid <laughs> has the same beard yeah. as, as Quatermain. Well, no, yes. no, Quatermain's beard is totally different. <laughs> Glad you got that. Um, but he's walking through the crowd, and then a guy is trying to stop him from, uh-huh. from going into the, the private area. Sorry, this is by invitation only. This is my invitation. Hey. So, the lone wolf pays us a visit. As you can see, mine's bigger. Mine's loaded. (laughs) Tell me, Ranger, do you like games? I'm not here to discuss games, Falcon. Damn! Then what brings you? Guns. Guns? You know, at one time, I had a great interest in guns. Somebody tells me you still do. And, of course, you would like to believe him. Two nights ago, several men were killed in an army convoy heist. Yes, of course, I'm aware of these things. However, this certain party who is stealing these guns was once a close friend of mine. He might take it personally if I were to divulge details. He's a businessman, just like I am, and he... But why am I telling you all this? You will find these things out for yourself in good time. Meanwhile, I will enjoy watching the game. It may be a game to you, Falcon. If I find out you're playing... I'm going to have your little ass. <laughs> well, Ranger, it's been a pleasure having a chat with you, but I'm afraid I must go. He, he pulls a knickknack from the man with the golden gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and the wall turns, and he hides, and then he says, Snow won't live through the night on the other side of the wall. Right. And then McQuaid is speeding back to the old ranger's place. Yes. And can't get through on the phone. And uh, Chakotay, don't have his name. That's what I have to call him. The old ranger and Cahill. Dakota and Cahill are playing cards. With snow. Snow is is tied up and gagged at the table. And Cahill is is drinking. And I'm thinking, Cahill's about to die? And he goes to get a beer and the old ranger, Dakota, is cheating at cards. Yes. And he points his gun at Snow to stay quiet about his cheating. And a guy busts in. Dakota shoots him, but what? he gets shot. But but wait, wait, wait. Snow actually sees the guy oh, yeah. that, that's coming in, but he can't say anything because he's gagged. And right. they come in. Old ranger is shot. And then Kehoe dives for cover. Kehoe. Kehoe, Yells, sorry. oh, fuck. So now we've got two fucks in a PG movie. And, and what kind of guns do they have? Mac-10s. Uh, but Wilkes steps on the old ranger's neck and kills him. And then he Mac-10s Snow. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, right. a different guy, Mac-10s Snow. And M- McQuaid has shown up. And I was wrong, but I said in my notes, ain't nobody here but us chickens because there's a loud <laughs> clack, 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 
I, I can't yeah. do the cluck as well as you. Right. McQuaid Bar-bar. sees yeah, <laughs> the, the damage to the house and slowly walks in, co- cocking his gun. He sees, he sees Dakota, and then he lowers his weapon. Why the fuck does he lower his weapon after he sees Dakota is dead? Yeah, I'm not sure. And then he sees yeah. Snow. No, he is dead, yes. And then he sees Keho on the couch with his head hung low. And no, no, he's not in this film. Head hung low? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We too low? <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Bing, ding, ow, or whatever it is. Um, right. But... <laughs> You're such a racist. No, it, it was on the news. <laughs> but the partner is speechless. But I don't understand. How the fuck did he survive? He Well, because Wilkes just fl- flicks a heater at, I think, dead, dead Dakota. And he sees McQuaid arriving and decides to get the fuck out of there. Like, this was I – don't, I don't know why he didn't stick around to kill McQuaid. Was this just to send a message or just their main goal was to kill Snow? Because, yeah, you don't kill a Texas Ranger and live to tell about it. Well, that, that it, was established it's his evidence. It's his only thing that establishes the link. It's the only yes. thing that he can use for whatever. Right. But the music swells. McQuaid sits down, and they have a Dutch rudder between the two of them. And says, it's okay, kid. Yes. But now back at the precinct, McQuaid comes into the office, and there's uh, a couple of guys hanging out in the captain's office. Ranger, I think you know Agent Jackson. This is Colonel Remsing and ATF Special Agent Burnside. Fitz, you better read this. A federal indictment with your name on it. Maybe you don't realize you're dealing with international gun smugglers, butchers. They provide every damn subversive and terrorist organization in the world with our guns. I can't stand by you on this one, Ranger. Not only have you withheld evidence and harbored a key witness in a federal investigation, but you've caused the death of one good man and violated every jurisdictional clause in the book. Ranger, I don't have any choice but to put you on probation. You'll take a mandatory vacation without pay until this matter can be cleared up through proper channels. You want my star, Captain? That won't be necessary. Not yet. So the FBI is there, the ATF is there, and mm-hmm. the military is there. Mm-hmm. And oh, this is where I start to have some questions. Okay. McQuaid's upset. I get that. But he's going home. He still has his work truck. Yeah, he does. Well, he didn't give up his badge either. Well, but still, he's on suspension. Mm-hmm. And I figure... Under suspension, he'd have to give up two things. He'd have to give up at least his his piece, and he'd have to give up his uh, his vehicle. I suspect that this is his own personal vehicle that he just slaps the Ranger symbol on. Okay, okay. But he goes back home, and Lola is there. And I'm 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 thinking the the daughter and the ex wife have not shown up in a while. They have to mm-hmm. pop back up. Sure. But Lola is sleeping sideways on the bed and she gets up and her outfit is very sheer. Yes. You she absolutely calls him, can see her boobs. She calls him Jim. His, the ex-wife calls him JJ. Lola calls him Jim. And she says, what's wrong? And he says, nothing worth talking about. And they start making out on the bed. 
and it pretty much ends there. Well, I thought, night, are they going out in the mud again? No, I don't think so. <laughs> that night, a car pulls up with no lights. The wolf growls, and this is where Matt gets very angry because they they shoot the dog. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I just watched a movie that we'll be, we will be doing on this podcast. Oh, it's going to make you so mad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to get so pissed off at, at, at this part in this movie. Yeah. True lies? No. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. They shoot the dog with the silencer. McQuaid senses something, sees them, and gets – grabs Lola and rolls her off the bed just in the nick of the time as – nick of the time? Nick, of, nick the time. of the time. And, yeah. What is he wearing, by the way, at this point? McQuaid? Yeah. Does he have some tidy whities on? No, he's wearing your sweater. Oh, is he? And he looks dirty. <laughs> he looks dirty. Yeah. He they they shoot and he he kind of curls the mat, mattress over and he yeah. and Lola roll onto the floor. Mhm. And then out in the parking lot, um whatever uh Carradine's character Wilkes says, "Think he got the message?" And then Yeah, why send a message? Kill him. Kill him. <laughs> they didn't have a problem killing Dakota. Yeah, there there's a couple times where that comes up where it doesn't make a whole hell a lot of sense, but he comes out and he sees his wolf. Yeah. And this was hard. Um it's not a dog, but it's damn close. Sure. Yeah, and the the whistling music starts. He uh punches the ground as Lola comes out in my favorite woman nighttime um, apparel. Yeah, except she's wearing granny panties. That's does she have granny panties? She's got a she's got a button down Oxford shirt on. Oh man, yeah. And he picks up the wolf and walks away. And have I ever told the? Uh, oh God, what what's the 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 story the the book uh, where the red fern grows? Um, you familiar with that? There's is there two dogs? Yes, in there in that book. Yeah. Sort of. I I can't remember if I I know I read I've read Old Yeller and I've read Sounder. So there's this this kid. I think he's grown up in the South because they're coon dogs. Mm-hmm. It's for training like raccoons. And he he gets these two dogs and he he works and he raises them and whatever and these dogs and they go out coon hunting. And at the end, the the dogs both die. But in fourth or fifth grade our teacher was reading us parts of this book every day. And it was about two thirds of the way through the book. And as kids are, we were being assholes when the teacher was trying to read. And the teacher basically said, fuck it. Fuck you kids. I'm not reading the rest of the book. Now you'll never know what happens. No, jeez. So I went and I checked the book out from the library so I could read the rest of this book because it's a book about dogs. So I'm all excited. Mm -hmm. And Spoiler alert, both the dogs die. Let's fucking crush, man. <laughs> but the next day, uh, his daughter is getting released from the hospital. And what hospital is she at? Eastwood Hospital. No relation. But that's it was named after Clint Eastwood because he did all the spaghetti westerns. That's not what I read. But I, he was actually one of the people that was potentially going to be cast for this film. Well, originally, uh, McQuaid was was they wanted Chris Christopherson to be McQuaid. Mm-hmm. Um, who did they want? To, uh, there was a couple of other guys that they wanted 
to be Wilkes besides Bruce Lee. Barbara Streisand? Yes. <clears throat> Why Barbara Streisand? Because of A Star is Born? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, yeah. give Chris Christopherson credit. Greatest actor in the world because yeah. he had to pretend that she was good looking. There we go. Kind of like, kind of like Scott Bale had to pretend that Aaron Moran was good looking. Or the guy who uh, played um, Ben Solo. Okay. Because he, he was on Girls. Oh, God. And he, he had to eat that fat chick's ass oh. and look like he liked it. That's acting. <laughs> no, I don't think she was the one that had her ass eaten out. I think it was no, Brian Williams' he, daughter that had her ass eaten out. Well, both did. They both did? did. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah, she's horrible. He actually demands to eat her ass in that show. Really? Yeah. Oh, she's terrible. Oh, she's a terrible person, too. But yes. That's yeah, the other there. Um, yeah. But he's sus- he's suspended, but still has his gun belt on. I mean, this is Texas. Well, he also still has the company vehicle, which you said might just be his that he painted to blah blah blah. blah, blah. Right. But he right. drops the daughter off at home. Aren't you coming in? I don't want you to leave. He's going to miss her. She's only moving forty miles away. Right. With, right. with the nitrous, that's only going to take him thirty minutes to get there. <laughs> yes. But he's back at his place. His house is a mess again. And well, the the Fed shows up. That's Jackson, right? Yes. Pretty jittery for a ranger. Pretty quiet for a fed. Oh, I make it my business. Looks like somebody doesn't like you, McQuaid. I make a few enemies here and there. Yeah? So do I. What do you want, Jackson? I came to enlist your help. See, I'm not the token nigger. When it comes to following the rules, get to the point. I know they got a drop-off point somewhere between here and Big Ben. That's 500 square miles. Yeah, well, who knows? We might just get lucky. So right before that, right after that clip cuts off, uh, Jackson says, it's getting late. We better turn back. But there's a couple things here. Um, Jackson is actually the person flying the plane. Yes. And the plane that they're flying with, like, it's a smaller plane. It it is probably a two-seater, maybe a four-seater. It has retractable landing gear, which is very, very rare for planes of that size. Right. But McQuaid sees something, and I thought they were going into land, but they're not. But what does he see? Well, it's the hangar. It's the airstrip and the hangar that we saw earlier in the film. And uh, there's nothing on the map, and all the guys are they're hiding inside of the, the giant Quonson hut. Mm-hmm. Yes. And but there's a warehouse there or a hangar or a, yeah. some kind of facility. Mm-hmm. Inside of there, there's anti-aircraft guns. <laughs> right. There's all kinds of stuff. But they fly yeah. away. And then the uh-huh. next day, there's two cars that are going out to the same location. Right. Yeah. Um, McQuaid and Cahill are in his truck and the feds are following. And I think McQuaid calls them a bunch of candy asses. Oh, yeah. And then I have a clip for this. The the Fed actually starts to complain. 
Ted Fed guy's a real cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's the DEA guy, right? Oh, I, I don't know. I just know he's like the, the head guy. He, cause he was in the, the chief's office and right. Right. We didn't mention it when the whole thing, when McQuaid gets put on suspension or leave, the, his boss says, I can't back you this time. He's never backed him at all. <laughs> right. But the, the Fed's car gets stuck. Yes. And let's show them what this thing can do. And he pushes them out and gets them unstuck. Yeah, and the Fed, the head Fed is still being a fucking baby. But as this whole thing is happening, I'm thinking – there's going to be a lot of people out at this site, right? Did they mm-hmm. all get flown in? Did all that equipment get flown in? Because if all that equipment got flown in, did they have a, like a, a C, what is that? C-130. C-130. Because they have heavy equi- equipment there. Right. That stuff's not being brought in on a Cessna. No, 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 exactly. No. But, but um, they sneak up on foot and there's some bulldozers digging trenches. They're literally artillery pieces guarding the place. And there's a little mini chopper that looks like it's something out of a Bond film. And they, yeah. they have power, so they've got generators. Mm-hmm. And at night, everything's lit up. And Q, a Q, McQuaid and the feds are driving up with their lights on. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, let's get closer. Let's let, let, uh, Let's go. And my question was, how was all this stuff not here yesterday? Like the artillery pieces and the bulldozers and everything. Because yesterday it just kind of looked like an empty airfield. Right. But now they got everything out. And they get closer and a plane lands. Yeah, DC-10, I think, is on the runway. And the runway has lights as -hmm. well. And there's a forklift that is loading the plane, not unloading, loading the plane. Yeah. And, and the, the, the DEA guy gets closer, and he has a megaphone. This is the FBI. And what happens to him? This is the FBI. Throw down your weapons. Yeah. He's dead. Well, how uh, fucking stupid is this guy? <laughs> I know. He's stupid. Cahill and McQuaid both get shot in the arm. He makes Cahill run for it, and he continues to fight until he gets captured. Yeah, a helicopter is shooting down at McQuaid from above, and then he's wrestled down by like four or five guys, and then Wilkes gets out of the copter that just lands and walks over to McQuaid. He's still smoking a cigarillo, just like he was before. But Lola is also there. Right, and McQuaid's like, what the fuck? And then uh, Wilkes beats up on McQuaid a little bit as he's being held back. Mm -hmm. And then Lola gets dragged off, and we see that uh, Chakotay is still there, kind of hanging out in the shadows, but they put McQuaid in his truck and he passes out. Right. And and what does Wilkes take as a parting gift from McQuaid? Oh, he, he takes his, his Texas Ranger badge. He takes his little nipple star. Yeah. Yes. And the bulldozer pushes the truck into the trench and then buries him. And Keho is watching all this. He's uh, out of ammo, unfortunately, but he does get an, He finds another pistol and he moves in. And now in the truck, McQuaid wakes up. He turns on a light. Um, this is the best part. 
cracks, cracks, a beer. <laughs> cracks a beer and pours over himself. He's got to wake himself up. Come on, man. Wake up. Drink some. Starts the truck. Engages the drive uh, on the truck. And, well, this happens. <laughs> Don't die me now, damn it. Damn it, don't die me now. Give me a beer, kid. Yes, sir. See, I, I would have thrown in the uh, the sound effect of, like, the Falcon a hyperdrive oh. failing at first. Okay. okay. But, yeah, this is not realistic. Okay. Who cares, man? The music was awesome. <laughs> but the whole and him screaming as he's engaging the truck. It, I mean, it's just he's willing his way out of the hip, the, it's the hole. It's just so cheesy. But Jackson shows up. They yeah, he share survived beer. as well. Yes. He goes, whose idea was this anyway? But the next day. Yes. He's all bandaged up and now he's doing his routine of shooting again. And it hurts. Yeah, it causes him pain to shoot. And then mm-hmm. for some reason he kicks down part of his house. It's a shed. The okay. post the post holding up the roof of a crappy shed. And he walks to his house and accidentally kicks the dog bowl and looks down and he goes inside and has a sad, sad jerk. jerk. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I can see that though, because when we've been through things like that, that's one of the things I try to make sure all of those things are removed. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's just that reminder, but he's laying in bed and he's looking at a picture. He looks dirty. And then he drives over to the ex's place and the daughter is now missing. Well, before he can even knock on the door, the ex-wife hope opens and, and she's hysterical. And yes, tells him that Sally is missing. The limo shows up. It's Falcone and the same goon that he had to beat up to get into Falcone's office is with him? Uh-huh. Is it Ranger or Mr. McQuaid? May I come in, please? Say what you came to say. I came to offer my assistance. It seems a certain business acquaintance of mine, a certain Raleigh Wilkes, has disappointed me greatly. I'm not interested in your problems, Falcone. I'll get in my own way, my own time. Wilkes has your daughter, oh, McQuaid. It's his way of saying he would enjoy your company. I want my daughter back, Falcone. Please, please. I'm more than willing to help you retrieve your loved one. Providing, of course, that you return the favor. What's your deal? I will tell you precisely where you can find Mr. Wilkes and your daughter. However, in return, I would like certain assets of mine protected. I wish to claim what is mine? 
Yeah. I, I want I wanted to leave that music in there because obviously he's you know during that music he's loading his pistol and he's putting on his hat and he walks to the truck and yeah, he's getting ready for it. the final battle and he's yeah he is all sweaty and dirty but in that clip it's the second time that he's taken out Falcone's goon <laughs> yes because yeah. he actually mentions a little bit later do you want it to happen for a third time <laughs> right but Cahill shows up and t- he tells. McQuaid tells Cahill he's heading to Mexico. This is not your fight. And and there is this discussion about being a partner and what it means to like stand together. And he actually says this to McQuaid. If that moment comes, we'll face it together. And we'll make the right decision. You're not alone. What's that from? Voyager. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Such a nerd. I had to find a Voyager clip for Chicote. <laughs> but can, yeah. can you take a government vehicle into Mexico? <laughs> well, the border that they cross certainly looks a lot different than it does today. It's like a little guard shack. Yeah, and there's like go, three cars. Come on through. Three, yeah, three cars going. Well, don't you remember when we were in Europe and we got stopped going was- into Austria? And as we had our, our passports, passports out. out. And they're like, yeah, just go. Just go. Things are changing here. Yeah. And like when, when the beautiful penis and I was were there, there were no checkpoints whatsoever. No, but they still had machine guns, though. Mm-hmm. They yes. waved us through, but they still had machine guns, which was a little bit... Eh. Yeah. I mean, when we came from Holland and drove into Germany, we were immediately pulled over by the, the German police. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, we're, and we were shaken down. <laughs> That was such a that was such a scary moment in my life. Have I told that story on this podcast? I don't think so. Where we had just come from Amsterdam, and the beautiful penis had bought a bud and had wrapped it up in like a he bought a little tile in Bruges, Belgium, and put the bud in there. And <clears throat> I had a pack of cigarettes in my pocket, and they pulled us over, and I had my driver's license out and my my passport out. I'm like literally just crossed the German border and they are at the doors out, 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 out. And they separated us. I went to the back and the beautiful penis went to the front and he's like, do you have any pot on you? Do you have any marijuana? I'm like, no. And he opened up, he took a pack of cigarettes out of my pocket and I had like a half a joint that in there and he looked in there, closed it and put it back in my pocket. And then in the meantime, the beautiful penis had told him about the little bud that we had that he had because the cop said, "Look, we're looking for big. If you have little, just tell us. We're not going to do anything to you." But I remember, what were you doing in Amsterdam? Well, we're just there, you know, seeing the sights, having a good time, partying. He's like, "Ooh, you went to go see the girls. Ooh la la." That's what he said to me, and then he put his hand on my chest and he goes, "You're nervous," and I go. Well, yeah, I'm getting pulled over in a yeah, foreign no country. <laughs> and he's like, I make you nervous. Ha, 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 ha. They, they profiled us as American GIs because we both had green jackets on and the beautiful penis had a green baseball cap on. And somehow they knew that we were in a rental car and they thought we were bringing bricks of weed back to the, to the base to sell to the GIs there. Yeah. So that would be, crazy. uh, that would be scary. <laughs> oh, cause, cause I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going to have to call my dad from a, G- a German jail and figure something out how to get out of here. The only time I ever willingly said to a cop, yeah, go ahead, search my car. I was underage and had booze in it because I did not know. Oh, you didn't know you had booze in it? No, and I had just left your house. Oh, 
And why was there booze in your car? Because Spaceway was with me. Oh, and all right. He, he threw a bottle underneath my seat, and we got pulled over, and they actually they pulled up behind me in, in Hardee's and blocked my car in. Hmm. And they said, we ran your plates. You're not from around here because this is my parents lived in Sussex, which is, you know, 15 miles away. Right. You're not from around here. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, well, we see a younger kid and he's driving a nice car. I'm like, it's a Beretta. Slow the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, it's a nice car, but it's not like it's not a BMW. It's not, no. you know, it's not a, a nice car. And they said, do you mind if we search your car? I'm like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. No problem. And then. Placeway, Spaceway, and I go, and we're sitting there. And he's like, "Yeah, there's booze underneath my seat." I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah, that was now the night if where um there was a the bonfire behind your house, and the cops showed up there because people were letting off fireworks. It wasn't fireworks. It was somebody had made a homemade. Um, do you remember the bombs you could make out of two liter bottles? Sure, with Mentos. I'm not, that wasn't, I don't know what it was, but somebody completely unrelated to our group of guys went and threw one at my neighbor's house. And so the neighbors called the cops and they came over like hooting and hollering. And it was like, no, man, we didn't do anything. Well, it was weird because we weren't having a party. It was like, like 10 of us maybe. And we were just chilling. Yes. And we weren't being loud or anything. And no. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, and, but they anyway. they stop at a gas station. He's getting gas. But hold on a second. If a cop now you got pulled over for a speeding ticket or some other sort of no, they cannot search my car. No. And yeah, if they said, "Hey, let us search your car," I'd be like, no. "Fuck off, man." No, absolutely no. not. And I would turn on my phone and start recording. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'd I say showed it's, my it's for your protection as much as mine. <laughs> yeah, I showed my son. I said, if I if I ever got pulled over, this is what I would do. This is where I would put my phone. Right here in the cup holder, so it's aimed right up at them. It's like, why would you film them? It's like, some cops are great, some they and and I had the same conversation with him that you had with your kids. Of, look, it's their job to get answers out of you right. and to to get you to, to incriminate incrim- yourself. Yeah, to incriminate yourself, you just need to say, "I want my parents, I want a lawyer," and I had to teach him. I had to teach him. A cop is going to say to you. We just want to ask you some questions, just some simple questions. You don't have anything to worry about. That's what they'll try to do. And, and you just keep on saying, nope, I'm not saying anything until until my parents are here. And th- that's actually one of the things that worries me more than anything else in life is not like a traffic stop or something stupid like that, but heaven forbid something happens to my wife and there's a questionable thing around it. You know, whether it is natural causes or homicide or whatever, and the cops show up, and the first thing I'm going to do is lawyer. Mm-hmm. And that is not legally an admission of guilt, but they are just going to fucking hammer you, and they're going to become laser-focused on you because you would not cooperate with them. Yeah. But anyway, uh, McQuaid's at a gas station. He's getting gas. And he gives a beggar some money. And yes, people are putting uh, flowers on the hood of his truck and making the sign of the cross. They're wishing him well. Do they know what he's here for? I'm not sure. Maybe. But he walks into a tavern and Jackson is there. They both look dirty. Yeah. He goes, you didn't think I would mess all the fun. Mess all the fun? Miss all the fun. Well, he could mess all the fun too. Yes. Yes. But um, 
the FBI guy has some serious ammo. Right. And a crossbow. <laughs> yes, and McQuaid grabs the crossbow. And then Cahill shows up, and the three now are hiking with- Wait, you're missing of- something right here, which Am is I- really important. What's that? When Cahill shows up, Jackson and McQuaid have this little exchange. It's only for like two seconds long, but it's so fucking wrong. They say, how are we going to smuggle him back to Texas? <laughs> Whoops. And I think McQuaid says, not your problem. That's kind of racist. A little bit. A little bit. But they're but in the mountains. The, yeah, they're hiking. They got a lot of gear and a lot of rope, and they rappel down a cliff, cross a river. Uh, they split up, and they have to stick to a plan. So and wait, the, the things that KO has, are those RPGs? Law rockets. They're throwaway plastic one-use rockets. That's what it's I thought. Same, it's the same thing that Charlie Sheen uses at the end of Platoon. That's what I thought. But he uses the same one multiple times. Does he? Yes, he does. Okay. But they, they split up and they say stick to the plan. And then uh, McQuaid is in a tree and he's got some sweet micro binox that he's looking through. And they use the effect here. They use the um oh, okay. the effect with the binoculars where it's got like the two things. Which is okay. why it surprised me that they used it here, but they didn't use it with the scope earlier. All right. All right. And then it's Jackson. crossbow time. Yeah. Jackson takes out two guys with the crossbow. McQuaid takes out another, and then he sees Lola. She's carrying a tray. Yeah. She's got food. She's And who's she bringing it to? The daughter. Sally. Um, But McQuaid comes in. And both are very happy to see him. Yeah, the daughter hugs him, and Lola smiles and hugs him, and she's happy he's alive, and they start making out. I'm thinking, "Hmm, really? Maybe not the time (laughs) for this? You got other (laughs) shit to be worrying about? Right, right. I mean, he's just been hiking across the mountains. He probably smells like a hippie's foot. Well, yeah, it's not like she's sucking his cock, I mean. No. (laughs) But, yeah, but uh, Keho is setting up an RPG or a law rocket, and then the fight starts, and yes, Wilkes knows that Mc- Wilkes knows that McQuaid is there, and this is where I said he fires multiple rounds from an RPG or a law rocket. Right. There's all kinds of A team explosions. <laughs> it's exactly it. <laughs> exactly it. Yes. But uh, and now, uh, Chicote oh. has a machine gun. Keho, yes, and the big dude from the hoedown. Who came up to him and said, "We don't want you, you greasers here," and threw a drink in his face. Comes up to him to fight him. Remember me, greaser. Yeah, I never forget an asshole. Just See, like me. that sounded like that sounded like Eric Estrada. Okay, <laughs> never forget an asshole, just like me. But you, you miss the fact that the daughter took a round. Oh, did she? Yeah, in the leg. All right. And I think Wilkes now is behind an M60. On a half track. Yes. And Jackson is tossing grenades. Uh, McQuaid jumps in a bulldozer. Jackson gets shot. And he goes, oh, not again. And both vehicles are charging each other. And the once they make contact, kind of like oh, the helicopter and the tank in Rambo 3. Okay. The bulldozer is winning, though. It, yeah, it's pushing the tank back into a building. Yes. Cahill throws a grenade. The guys that he throws it at goes running, but he forgot to, to pull the pin. But he does and it he, again, and this the second time he does it right. 
Yes, he blows them up. McQuaid gets out. So does Wilkes. Um, yeah. They both have guns. Yeah, M- McQuaid. Yeah, Cox has gun. Wilkes has the back ten. Why? Why? Why doesn't he just shoot him? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. And th- it's. <sighs> you are unwise to lower your defenses. But th- they circle each other as they're lowering their guns, and that's when McQuaid takes off his gun belt and Wilkes throws down his Mac-10. And as they're doing this, it is just – its I'm thinking this is the battle of masters. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, McQuaid is already hurt, so he has that disability, if you will, coming into the fight to make the odds more even. Right. And Wilkes gets in the first few shots, then McQuaid, and then – I did notice that uh, Wilkes was not wearing a belt. No. But um, oh. the the fight goes back and forth, and each gets their shots in, and then Wilkes kicks dirt into McQuaid's face and then kicks him down. Don't you have a clip here? Uh, no, I'm out of clips. I thought, don't you have a clip, Welcome to My Hacienda? That's not yet. That's, oh, it's that's, not? That's coming. Uh, uh, okay, fine. Welcome to our Hacienda, Sorry. Mr. McQuaid. Before the fight. How nice of you to pay a social visit. This is when they're circling each other. Mm-hmm. Putting their guns down. I love the organ music. Yeah, I added that because originally I was not going to have that. And you asked specifically to have that music, make sure that I had some of that at the end. It's just, it's so cheesy, I, but it's great at the same time. I mean, anyway. But uh, it's, we'll, it's we'll, a back and forth and yes, the and daughter Wilkes, at one point runs over. Yes, grabs Wilk and he, Wilkes and he smacks her and it's like, ooh, that is not what you want to do to Chuck Norris's daughter. No, and I'm thinking that is... Almost a Hulk Hogan fight. If you've seen it, where Hulk Hogan is just getting the shit out, beat out of him, mm-hmm. and then he just starts pounding the ground as he's getting like worked up. Yeah, and then he can overcome it all. And I don't think that I'm thinking that Wilkes is not going to land another shot, but then he does, and it's kick, punch, 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 kick down to the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, McQuaid goes over to the daughter and Lola, and then a henchman goes over and gives Wilkes a gun. Why yes. wouldn't he just shoot him? I don't know. Maybe because Wilkes said he's mine. Well, once Wilkes has the gun, though, why doesn't he shoot? He calls over to Quater, or Quater, to McQuaid. Yes. And then Lola runs at him and she gets shot. And Wilkes and his number two lackey run away. Killed my husband. Forced me to be his partner. Had no choice. He would have killed me. Dialogue so low here. I love you. 
so that whole scene what? there, Jackson tosses him a grenade. He yeah. pulls the pin. Wilkes is firing at him. He's going left. Le- right, dodging the bullets. Left, yes. yeah. He he throws the grenade and blows up the building that Wilkes went into. And it was written into David Carradine's contract that he could not be defeated in hand-to-hand combat. Right, which is uh, if you've ever seen any of the Fast and the Furious films that have both Vin Diesel and The Rock. Okay. Contractually, neither of them can lose a fight. And they fight each other. Okay. <laughs> so kind of the same thing. Uh, but there, there's a chopper coming in. Yes. I think it's it a Huey. No, it's a Ranger. Oh, is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a Bell Ranger. Yes. The ch- the chopper lands and, um, well, it's Falcone and his henchmen. We made a deal, McQuaid. You made the deal, Shorty, not me. You want to try for three? That's because he already beat him up twice. McQuaid, wait, wait. McQuaid, you can't leave me here. What about the Federalis? You know how to fly this thing? I sure as hell don't. But he does. You can't leave me. McQuaid. McQuaid. Wait. McQuaid. That's my chopper. McQuaid, come back here. Re- realistically, how long would it take somebody to get out of a helicopter that's in a motorized wheelchair? <laughs> a long time. It would not be no five seconds, ten seconds. It's going to be a multi-minute thing, a best-case scenario. You're going to need a special ramp. Right. And I, I, I've never seen any wheelchair-accessible small helicopters. I mean, maybe unless unless on the other side of the chopper that we don't see – that there's like a rack on the skid that the the, <laughs> the mash helicopter that, that the, the chair sits car. on, and then his henchman kind of picks him up like Grogu and puts him in the the wheelchair. Or in uh, oh gosh, which is it the Bond that we did where he he picks up the guy with the the skid? Yes, and drops him drops down the the, 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 the smokestack. Yeah, the smokestack. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes, but the next day, McQuaid and Jackson are surrounded by the press, and they're asking them questions. Can we print the comments that you made on your daring rescue? Yeah, sure. Is that true that FBI has credited the Texas Rangers with the rescue? That's absolutely correct. Can I have another picture? Why not? Ranger, you feel good picture. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say it's a pleasure having this man on my team. You know, I feel responsible for every move he's made. After all, I taught him everything he knows. He's got style now. Bullshit. Best always have style. Daddy! Yeah, the chief is in there for his photo op to take credit mm-hmm. for McQuaid kind of coming through, even though what he did was very, very illegal. <laughs> right. Right. Way outside of his uh, jurisdiction. Yes. But, but Sally's right the there. You heard yeah, the dog. Yeah, she's there with the ex, and we want to show you the new house. And then K-Hole pulls up next to them on the street. Ranger? We got a 1031 in progress at the Texas National Bank. Mm-hmm. I'm on vacation. They got hostages. We really need you, Ranger. Coming, Jim. Maybe later. Daddy? Hostages? Daddy? 
You coming? See you later. Let's go. JJ McQuaid, you'll never change. Before we go into the very end of this film, which I know we're okay. right at the end of it, I have a question yes. for you. Okay. You know people that are divorced. Mm-hmm. I am not close to enough people to actually have any kind of firsthand knowledge of this, but I was wondering for people that are divorced, how often you have the slide back. Not into like relationshipy things, but... Just a, a tryst in the bed? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know any of – I don't know. I don't, I don't know anybody that has done that. I mean, I don't know if that information would be shared. But I personally, I don't know anybody that that has happened to. Okay. But – um, So now there's a, a helicopter shop of the two of them racing through the streets of El Paso. And all the residents of El Paso must have been told that they were shooting a movie that day. Because the streets are just packed with people watching. <laughs> and I don't know if it's here, but some in one of the like wider shots they do from a helicopter, they actually caught a car accident on film. That's early in the movie. That's at like tw- the 12-minute mark. Okay, but this film does not have one, but it has about a dozen. Freeze frame! Oh, more than a dozen. <laughs> yes. All uh, right. I, I don't know... Is there really a string to play out here? I don't think there is. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, so you gave me two things. Um, I okay. have both of them. All right. Uh, I, I, I got to say, this fucking movie, I fucking loved it. Really? Yes. It was okay. Um, I, I didn't hate it. Okay. Um, I will never watch it again. <laughs> no, I'll watch it again with my kid uh, because it's just – there was just something about it that just had the right element of action and cheese and Chuck Norris being Chuck Norris and the 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 little person in the wheelchair wheelchair yeah. yes and David Carradine and just just everything about it you know the Mac 10s shooting all these guys and the truck exploding out of the the hole and him pouring the beer on himself and Lola singing as she's vacuuming it just it just had a little bit of everything that just it made it a super fun watch for me okay so i don't know which one of these i'm supposed to play here (laughs) well you're you're supposed to play you know that i liked this movie thank you chuck morris okay (laughs) and you you didn't love it so i guess maybe you would say this fucking chuck norris both from Dodgeball. Fair enough. Um, I would totally recommend this movie. Uh, with reservations. With reservations. All right. So did Jen watch this film? No. And now it's time for Jen's two-second movie review. It was just okay. That was Jen's two-second movie review. Jen! Well, it's not a movie made for her. She hated it. I mean, she was being very, very kind there. <laughs> I mean, she really, really did not like the film. Oh, I loved it. I just, it, like I said, it had everything that 10-year-old me would be like, yeah, Chuck Norris. Uh, 
Moving on. Watcha. 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 All caught up on the Bad Batch. Meh. Is all I have to say about that show. Ran into friend of show Joey this morning. And he's like, I don't know why I'm still watching that show. Okay. Uh, continuing to watch Patriot on Amazon. Um, second episode of Picard. It's cool seeing Worf fuck people up with his Klingon weapon. For the last he, five seconds of the episode. Yes, but it's something you've, ne- you weren't able to see that in Next Generation. No, he fought with a bat laugh. Yes, but you didn't see him chopping, lopping people's heads off and stuff. Oh, okay, fair. But the, the only thing I don't like about th- this new thing of Star Wars, especially Picard. Trek? Is the, is, what did I say? Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Is the cussing. I, I mean, I, oh, my virgin ears can't handle the cussing. No, it's not that. It's just, there's not supposed to be cussing in Star Trek. Because they're they're more civilized. See, I want to see Picard call Beverly a cunt because she didn't tell him that he had a son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's just me. Right. Uh, let's see. I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade. Okay. Um, Captain America, the first Avenger. Avenger. Um, I think we've had this conversation. The first time I saw it, I was like, what is this? It's like two or three different movies. And then once you figure out how it fits into the whole – MCU, it's really, really good. Okay. Uh, caught up on The Last of Us, the last episode, meh, kind of a throwaway episode. Yeah, and uh, th- that's a couple. And honestly, in the popular you know, consensus, both of the two episodes that were kind of the throwaway episodes of The Last of Us have been mm-hmm. – these are two of the best episodes of television in the last decade. No. No. They are not. Yeah. Just because they have this one particular element in them does not overcome the other shortcomings they have in the, the grander scheme of what the plot of the show is. Right. Correct. Uh, 1923 caught the season finale of that. Boy, did that ending piss me off. I was so angry. Well, just just wait till you hear what's coming up next with that. So, Okay. Uh, and then The Mandalorian. Um, I gotta say, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Uh, when I, when I turned it on and, and saw what, how much time I had of The Mandalorian, I believe it was 36 minutes. And I know the first two minutes of it are gonna be chewed up by the Da-da-da. Disney symbol yeah. and the helmets. And then the last six minutes of it were gonna be the credits because you gotta show all the foreign credits also. And then the first five minutes of it were a, a giant alligator fight. <laughs> it was a, what was the one with Betty White, Lake Placid? <laughs> it's yeah. Lake Placid on Mandalore. And I was like, this, no, this is chewing into my Mandalorian time. I don't need to see a five minute alligator fight. Um, so I know they're building up all kinds of stuff. And the whole thing with IG 11, no, the whole thing for the thermal detonator is so that can't happen. So you can't – it's supposed to completely dis- disintegrate IG-11. You're not supposed to be able to like, pick the parts up and restart him. Oh, it, it it tracks with Star Wars lore though because look at how much wreckage of the Death Star 2 was left. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much you saw it blown into a million tiny little pieces. There's giant chunks that are left. 
Sure. Sure. So that's how I feel. I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to look forward to it every Wednesday, but just a tad underwhelmed. And oh. maybe my expectations were too high for it. Okay. So, um, I watched the first five minutes of the third episode of Picard, which came out today. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do that because of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1923. Um, I, I thought the whole thing with, uh, Timothy Dalton, where he's talking to the whore. Oh, with the, the smacking her ass. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, today's your day in the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and the other one is just like, I'm giving you no mercy, bitch. Yeah. Uh, Last of Us, same thing. As you said, it was, and I, I had said this to people online. You, you can actually, without reading spoilers, you can see the chapters that exist in the game. Because this is supposed to be everything that covers in the last of us part one, the first game. Mm-hmm. And the last episode was actually part of like the supplemental DLC that came out after the game. Okay. And I guess you got to see where she got bit. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't think it moved the narrative forward at all. No. And you only have nine episodes. So figure more or less you have, about eight hours of material, you're throwing an hour 50 of that away. Right. On things that don't move the narrative thrust forward. That's kind of a waste. Uh, Survivor Australia. Um, this is 40, which I've seen okay. before. Um, I can't decide if that chick is hot or not. <sighs> that's Judd Apatow's wife too, by the way. Yeah. Dead. And that's those are her real daughters in that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Eh, she's, you know, she's all right. She's uh, age appropriate. Yeah. Well, actually, probably a little young. But um, uh, the Girl Who trilogy in Swedish. All right. Uh, played with Fire, Kick the Hornet's Nest, um, and Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I mean, and someone actually, I was talking about this at, at work because at work we have a a thread about movies, suggestions and stuff. And I said that I suggest people to watch this. And they said, did you watch the American version with Daniel Craig? I said, yeah, I did. And they said, which one is better? And I said, the American version is better made, but the Swedish version is a better movie. No. If that makes sense. Um, Outer Banks, um, season three, about halfway through that. I watched both The Bad Batch and The Mandalorian, both of which I fell asleep during. No, I did make it all the way through the Mandalorian the second time. I did not make it all the way through the bad batch, but, uh, the whole thing with the Zillow beast, this is a thing that goes, comes from the clone wars cartoon. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. And actually in the Mandalorian, they have a big thing call out to rebels. Yes. With the, the space whales, whatever the fuck they're yeah, called. Exactly. Yeah. And that'll come up with Ahsoka in that series. Right. But that is it for me. So now it's right. time for... Howdy, partners. Now it's time for Listener Reaction Roundup. Yee-haw! Real quick, real short from Sandy. She said, uh, I think that 
The Breakfast Club is my favorite of your older podcasts that she's listened to. Mm-hmm. And then she also said, uh, neither you nor Doug were good boyfriends when you were younger. <laughs> <laughs> We've established that. And I said, we no, know. that's not true. I was a very good boyfriend, except for the cheating part. Yeah. But I can explain that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't – I was – I, and my excuse is I was not shown how to be a good boyfriend. I did not have the best example of a male role figure – male role model teaching me how I should treat women. Oh, so. and, and she also said that we should do, um, Oh, what the hell is the name of the movie? Uh, ba 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 empire records. I'm like, it's not an eighties film. Yeah. And I'm not burning a no. non eighties film on empire records. <laughs> no, no. Uh, ready yeah. for next week's movie. Yeah. I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it Three degrees to next week's movie And I think I like it Okay, so we have to see how long this is going to take Okay uh, Chuck Norris plays McQuaid in this week's film He plays Scott In 1986's Delta Force Martin Balsam plays Ben Kaplan in that film Balsam plays Mr. Beamish In next week's 1985 film Mr. Beamish? Yes. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Chuck Norris plays McQuaid in this week's film. He plays Chuck Norris in 2004's Dodgeball, an underdog story. Stephen Root plays Patches O'Houlihan in that film. Root plays Police Sergeant in 1990's Ghost. Demi Moore plays Molly in that film. Moore plays Jules in next week's 1985 film. Uh, St. Elmo's Fire. Is this a teen angst movie? It's, it's a like 21-year-old angst film. <laughs> okay. It's got uh, Judd Reinhold or Judd Reinhold, Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> it's Judd Nelson. Not Judd, Rein- not Judd Reinhold. Judd Nelson. Nelson yes. Andrew McCarthy, Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Ali Sheedy, Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald is not in it. Uh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen's not in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not falling for this shit anymore. I, I've, I've caught on to your ruse. <laughs> They're all in it. They're all in it. I think Kevin Costner has a cameo in it, doesn't he? Isn't he dead no, in the beginning that's of this film? The big chill. <laughs> I, I'm I am prepared if you are not willing to go forward to this film. And it will not be an angsty film. I have no angsty films left. No angsty films left? Yeah. I'm kinda tired of angst. You know what? Let's I don't think I've ever seen St. Elmo's Fire all the way through. I've never seen it. Okay, so we're okay. going forward with it. Okay. All right. I've never seen it all the way through. It's probably a movie that's, that's going to make me angry because I just want to slap the stupid off of Andrew McCarthy's face. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, okay. Is James Spader in it? No, he's not. <laughs> okay. John Cusack? Nope. Anthony Michael Hall? Nope. Who else from that 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 time period? Jason Patrick? No, you're missing one, though. You're missing one of the stars, actually. Demi Moore. Demi Moore Emilio- and Big Bush are in it. Okay. Emilio Estevez? Yep. Rob Lowe? Yep. Ali Sheedy? Yep. 
Andrew McCarthy. Yep. There's got to be one more. There's got to be one more chick. Yeah, there's a woman you're missing. Um, and she's the least famous of all of them. It's not Leah Thompson. Who is it? Actually, Leah Thompson is in it, I believe. Believe it or not. No, no shit. Who, who's, who's the other one? That's, um, I'm, I'm looking it up. <laughs> I don't know. You don't even know. No, I do not. Um, so go ahead and bring us on home and I will. Hey, is, is it one of the chicks from the Goonies? <laughs> no, it's, it's semi more Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, Mayor Whittingham. Mayor Whittingham. Yeah. Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. Mayor Whittingham. I bet I couldn't even picture pick her out of a a picture of Duke Ellington's band. <laughs> no, Ali Sheedy was actually the the one connective. I screwed it up the other week when you didn't veto it, and I said, "Oh yeah, she was my direct connection." It's like, "Oh no, she's not actually in this film." All right, so I got to figure. I got six in the hopper that I've watched. Jesus Christ. Well, we don't have I've that many films the, left. We only have thirty I, films left this month. I re- I'm just I'm season. bank I'm banking them. I'm I'm good through May, man. That's that's kind of my point. My my what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to just bank movies. Like I'm trying to watch one a day now that so I can just bank these. So when it comes to my busy season, I don't feel stressed about doing this podcast. So I'm constantly stressed about doing this podcast. <laughs> well, You've kind of done that to yourself. How, how how have I done that to myself? You you really you should have never introduced clips. That was that was that like was letting week the, one. That was like that the was, first episode. That was letting the vampire into your house. And I remember going, wait, wait, we can pull clips. And you're like, yeah, man. Okay, when we started this podcast, I had a single soundboard that could hold sixteen clips. <laughs> I now have a soundboard for me that holds thirty two per page. A soundboard uh-huh. for you that holds 32 per page, and then a master one that holds 120. <laughs> Jesus. You should have just said, okay, you get eight clips per week. That's it. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Yeah, but then they'd be like five minutes long. <laughs> right. I just Frankensteined a third of the movie together. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us with this amazing, awesome Chuck Norris film. Um Join us next week for St. Elmo's Fire. Is there a song? Is there a famous song in the soundtrack? St. Elmo's Fire. That's not how it goes, but yeah. Okay. Was it a top 40 hit? Uh, Probably. Was this soundtrack a banger? No. Uh, Unlike All the Right Moves? No. (laughs) No, it had had one song that – it had an instrumental and it also had the the love song or whatever from St. Elmo's Fire. It was the instrumental songs. by is, was the instrumental by Kenny G? No, no, no. Guy playing piano. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, oh! Who's the guy? He used to be on Entertainment Tonight, and then he wrote the basketball song. You mean? Da, 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 da. Mary, he's married to he's married to Connie Selica. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Did he, he do it? He's did got he the do blonde. The song? No, no, he did not do it. Do the song for his animals fire? No, no. I know who you're talking about. Um, I can't think of his name, but Rob Thomas. Yeah, uh, if you want to reach out to from Matchbox Twenty, <laughs> if you want to reach out to the show, you can email us at betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what? I'm getting back. I'm cracking cracking myself up here. Uh, Like us on Facebook. It'll be Matt's week to do the Facebook post. 
I'm asking about Prevnar 20. Rate and review wherever you get your fine podcast. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Tell a friend. Tell two friends. Sounds good. We will see you next week whenever Doug decides for St. Elmo's Fire. All right. See you later. Bye.